This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. How long did you wait at Popeye's? Long enough, man. And I got there and opened at 10 o'clock. Didn't start serving until 10.50. Didn't get my sandwich till about 11.05. So about an hour and five minutes. Did it for the show. You were an hour and five minutes. Yeah. And most of that in line. Yep. Yeah. So thankfully, that was my first stop because, let's be honest, Brent, this is the ultimate chicken challenge we're doing here. So there's three spots. There's going to be Popeye's. There's going to be Chick-fil-A. And there's going to be Wendy's. So thankfully, I chose Popeye's first. So that way, it wasn't you know cooling off in the car too much. So you'd be pissed if Brent's like, we can't do it today because we have an interview or something. I mean, then I'm just going to have six chicken sandwiches <laughs> eat by myself. It's not a big deal, man. Either way, I'm a winner. So either we do the taste testing today or I have lunch. So it's all good. The only thing about this that I'm curious is, did you keep them in a warmer the whole time or am I eating a cold then, chicken sandwich? I wasn't raised in the woods. I, I, I put them in the refrigerator. And so they're right, right now they're chilling in the fridge. Coos, you're going to have to bring them back to life. You're going to have to resurrect them. Not we got pe- a microwave. Okay, but I'm saying, like, you know, this is a big job for your part because you can't ruin the flavor. I'm pretty good at ruining things, man. I'm just saying. Bring them back to life. Not Pet cemetery style. I mean, like, have, the traditional have style. Have you ever had the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Never had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, and I've never had the Wendy's chicken sandwich. You've never had the Wendy's chicken no, sandwich? No, because I, I, I ate the burgers there, man. Do you? Yeah, of course. I don't know if I've had, like, the chicken sandwich you got from Wendy's. Yeah. I had the crispy chicken. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing, too. Since we're ESPN 690, we're going above and beyond for the audience here. So we got the spicy side, and then we have the, the original side as well. So it's going to be a total of six chicken sandwiches today. Wow. So Popeye's has both. They do have both, and so does Chick-fil-A, and obviously Wendy's does as well. Do, do I get eliminated if I've had Popeye's? The chicken sandwich? Yeah. I thought we agreed that we wouldn't do that until the taste testing happened. I haven't. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Good. I got a little nervous for a second. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll just check it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've had Chick-fil-A, so... Oh, yeah, of course. But I feel like everyone's had Chick-fil-A. I feel like that the Popeyes has still kind of reached a small audience. Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously big enough to for you to sit was in inspired, line for man. 65 minutes. Yeah, to, to, to be fair, I got a lot of stuff done. It's all good. Here's the thing, Coos. We would no way we'd be doing this two weeks ago with a fight camp in session. No, no, but there's no way. But now you can go, oh, chicken sandwich... Well, the, the, fight, the fight camp in session from the standpoint where I'm at the fight for my life to get the sandwich or from the fight <laughs> camp standpoint of, like, it's bad that, for me. By the way, a lot of people were asking when I, when I shared your post on yeah. Facebook and everything, like, how many people did Austin have to fight? And I was like, I feel like you wouldn't have to fight anyone. You just have to look well, at them and... You know, when, know. You're, when you're sitting in a car, everyone's kind of the same size until they get out of the car. We so. were talking about this uh, yesterday, and Coos is like, yeah, somebody just got body slammed in a restaurant yesterday for it yeah. or, so, or the other day. Well, then someone got I think, stabbed, good right? press or, or bad press? I feel like it's good press. If people are still going to get the chicken sandwiches with Beth on the line, <laughs> it's all good, man. This is like, uh, what's that? What's that? It's like Hunger Games or something? Yeah, Hunger like Games, exactly. <laughs> well, and This the, is real hey, thing, Hunger I, Games. I, and let's be honest, Brent, I had to have the conversation with my son again. And today was the day. I was like, I dropped him off at school. I'm like, I love you very much. Hopefully I see you tonight. Um, if I don't, you you know why. And I go, what, what's like the most important thing in the world? He goes, 
me and mom. I'm like, close, but actually getting TVs in the ESPN 690 studio. And the only, <laughs> and the only way to do that is to be legitimate. <laughs> only, only way to be legitimate is to get a lot of people watching. Only way to get a lot of people watching, it seems like, is to do this chicken uh, sampler thing. So here we are. <laughs> that's, that's how we got. That was not yeah. a production meeting. I no, can tell you that no, it was wasn't. just real life for Austin Lane. Y- yes, sir. Poor kid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll have that coming up for a bit. How about we talk some sports now? Brent Morton, Austin it. Lane, Coons here on a Tuesday. Looks like it's going to rain this afternoon now. It's going to drop about 40 degrees, by the way. It's going to be cold. Looking forward to it. I had a little fire going last night at home. You got a fireplace? I got a uh, fire pit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that, put it on. Yeah. That's, that's even better, I feel. Yeah. Like. You yeah, can do yeah, that anytime. Yeah. yeah. But uh, did that late last night. It was kind of good. But uh, all right. Also, while we're watching the Monday Night Football game. Yeah. You know, here's interesting. Good game, right? Great game. Would you say it's probably the best game of the season so far? I would say it's the best game, and I tweeted this out. It's the best weekend of the year and maybe in years. If you look at the close games, okay, Baltimore, Cincinnati, take it away. Mm -hmm. I would say this was the best the NFL has been in totality in years. And somebody, you can come dispute me on that. You might have an example where there were 10 games that were decided by three points. I don't think you're going to find it. Mm. I think the NFL has had a bunch of bad games this year mixed in with some good ones. I'm not saying it's been a bad product. Two years ago, I think it was. Maybe it was 17, maybe it was 16. I forget what year. There were awful games. Remember, like, all the primetime games were terrible? Yeah. Uh, Last year, they got a little bit better. But it would be interesting to see, and somebody's probably doing this. The NFL might be doing this. I saw Brian McCarthy, the NFL PR guy, tweet out in the afternoon on Sunday that nine of the first 11 games of the weekend had been decided by a touchdown or less. Wow. So... Now you go do the math on what happened, you know, with the Green Bay Carolina game, with the Minnesota Dallas game, with the game last night. Well, that's at least 12 of 14. That might have been it. How many games were there this weekend because of the buys? Or either 14 or 15. Yeah. So 12 of the 14 games, let's just say, were probably decided by a touchdown or less in the NFL. That's the best weekend we've had in the NFL in a long, long time. Yeah, you can't ask for much of a better week because, let's be honest, Brent, this season it's been kind of weird in the fact that the bottom teams are at the bottom. Now, don't get me wrong. The Miami Dolphins came out and took care of business. They did. Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of let them, got hurt a little bit. But, you know, they, they go to Indianapolis. They beat the Colts. Very impressive. Giant underdogs there. But overall, it seems like whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Dolphins, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting with them. Let's take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Same thing. But so I think that kind of is the result of a lot of bad games as well. The fact that the bottom is just, it is so low, and it is so abysmal. The fact that if you're playing on Thursday night, you know it's probably going to be a bad game. Yeah, I I think uh, the other part of this is Thursday night, two-point game. Sunday night, three-point game. Monday night, overtime game. The primetime games were all good. And then you put in the late window on Fox, which is is a big game, too. And that was, I think, Green Bay, Carolina in the snow, which certainly helped. My guess is ratings were unbelievable this weekend. And some of the highest ratings across the NFL that we've had in a while. And they're always good. I mean, that's the funny thing about the whole ratings drop deal years ago. It's like, okay, they may have dropped a little bit. But that's like saying, you know, you went from... $10 $10 billion to $9 billion. It's still pretty darn good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought the games were great. Was it the best game of the year? I I, I think probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's the difference. Here, here's one, one thing that doesn't mean. It wasn't the most well-played game of the year. You can have the best game of the year without being the most well-played game of the year. That was some sloppy play. Especially in the first half. Yeah, and in general... Usually, if you're going to tell me it's the best game of the year, that means both quarterbacks played lights out. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo did not play lights out. 
No. So I, that's I guess that's what I'm wrestling with. Having a little hard time saying, oh, that was such an awesome game when one, it was sloppy, and two, both quarterbacks weren't like on display. I, I just didn't feel like Jimmy Garoppolo was very good, especially in crunch time. Well, and I get what you're saying there, Brent, because this is an offensive-driven league. I guess you could argue last year the best game would have been the Rams taking on the Chiefs, right? Because they put numbers in the 50s yeah. each way. Yeah. And, you know, it was an offensive explosion, and both quarterbacks were showcased. But at the same time, you could kind of nitpick and be like, well, yeah, it was a good game, but the defense was absolute yeah, trash. You know, yeah. I mean, I think last night we, we saw in glimpses of, wow, Clowney had a really good game. Yeah, like, now all of a sudden, Clowney, for that trade for the Seahawks, looking like the real deal. Uh, kind of glad he's not playing in Houston if you're a Jaguars fan right now, right? So I feel like it had a little bit of everything. You know, it had some of the sloppiness, but it had good defensive play. It showcased Russell Wilson as, you know, maybe being the MVP candidate. Um, the run games were pretty solid for both. The trenches were solid for some time. So, like, overall, I thought it showcased a lot of things. Now, Jimmy G at the end, you know, you got a chance to win it. Uh, throws the pick right before the overtime. Wasn't a good look on his part. But I think overall it was a game that had a little bit of everything. I think the atmosphere, too, in San Francisco, which yeah. I think is underrated sometimes because we think of the California teams and it's like, ah, uh, you know, they're kind of bandwagon fans. I thought the atmosphere uh, was fantastic. So I thought it was probably the best game you're going to see all season. Well, the bottom line Which is you had an 8 and 0 team and what, a 7, 6 and 2 team at the yeah. time, right? 8 and 0 and 6 and 2 and battling in the NFC West. It was a really good game. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from it. I just think we love to, we are prisoners of the moment where we say, oh, that was the best game. Well, I could argue that Minnesota-Dallas the night before was a really good football game, and it was a well-played game. You know, both quarterbacks yeah. played well. Uh, it was, I mean, I thought it was bad play calling at the end. That thing came right down to the wire. Was it that different? And it was a big game. Dallas-Minnesota, I mean, did it just not feel the so, same? So here's the difference for me. I watched that Dallas-Minnesota game, and I'll be honest with you. I saw two teams in the NFC that I couldn't see in the Super Bowl. For whatever reason, whether it was like the mental mistakes, whether it was just the the personnel, I just I couldn't see the Dallas Cowboys or Minnesota Vikings make it to the Super Bowl. Well, oh, just like you're going to lose this Popeyes Chicken Challenge or whatever Chicken well, Challenge, I feel like no one's going to lose it. But well, uh, yeah, you're going to lose. I'm going to win. <laughs> How is that a winner and loser? Or in you're going to be wrong. Well, you're going to be wrong on that Dallas thing too because so I have Dallas, Dallas going, going to the Super Bowl, Bowl. And, I, and I have the Saints going to the Super Bowl. So I'll see you there. But um, I think last night, you know, watching. Wilson do his thing, the Seahawks, and even the 49ers as well. I saw two teams that could very well go to the Super Bowl, and I couldn't say the same for the Dallas Cowboys and uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I just couldn't. Here's my other question. This yeah. one I want to get into next. Good football. I mean, we're being a little bit – this is semantics to a degree about how good the games were this week. They are all good. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson a little bit later on. But watching those two games last night no, – I'm sorry, those two teams last night – I can't help but think and reality hits, oof, the Jags don't feel like they're there. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like it's a long way away. Yeah. Now, what feels like a long way away in the NFL is usually different than reality. Mm -hmm. It could be overnight. But it feels like the Jags are, if those are the elite teams, the Jags are not really close to elite. That's the sense I got. Is that right or wrong? Are the Jags closer than we think? And does this week and the next seven weeks go to show that with Nick Foles at quarterback? We'll talk about it next. Coming up on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Oh, yeah, we're going to have this chicken eating contest soon enough. Don't worry. It's not a contest. No one's going to win or lose here. I hope you realize that. I'm winning. Okay. I win everything. Okay. You got it. <laughs>
Oh, uh, man, the team's mindset, man, we're excited about these next games because uh, Nick comes back, and, I mean, that's who that's who we wanted as our quarterback. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, he missed, like, the first half of the season with an injury, but uh, I know it was tough on him, but I know he's ready. He's, he, I know he determined, like, I could tell, like, the, just by his demeanor in the locker room, his look, the looks on his eyes, I could just tell that he's ready. And, uh, man, I'm excited for him, and I'm excited for this team. Hey, that's DJ Hayden last night on CBS 47 Jags Report live from Top Golf. Uh, good to have DJ. Likes to play golf. Didn't beat me in the challenge, but he likes to play <laughs> golf. And uh, wasn't even close. Not Be honest. really. Okay. But he's new. Listen, I mean, he uh, he's he's new to the game. He, he's passionate about the game. I think he he's yeah. he, you know you athletes you he'll pick it up. Like okay. if you wanted to pick up golf, you'd pick it up. You watched YouTube clip I and you beat Coos. And I also beat you too. On a, yes, on a one-shot thing. I, I also beat you, too. Okay. That's as right. long as we establish that. That's right. I'm not yeah. undefeated. You're not undefeated. It's okay, though. It's okay, though. It's golf. It happens. I'm like Mike Tyson. You were Buster Douglas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the only time I ever want to be referred to as Mike Tyson. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, we had a good time with DJ Hayden anyway. Uh, come on out Mondays to uh, Top Golf, And I do believe he's a great story, DJ Hayden. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about him yesterday. He's been playing great football, too. And, and the more and more I talked about him, we said a little bit yesterday, they need to classify a pro bowl spot for like the nickel corner Correct. or give an extra they need to like I, we're thinking about it. they give special teams which they should give special teams they give kickers they should give kickers but they should they should probably make the way special teams is i mean the nickel corners the passing game now i feel like there should be someone that you can jump out and say man that guy's a pro bowler and it's really hard now dj was like you can still make it you just got to get some sacks and, and some interceptions and things but uh very hard to do Here's the real question. Do they still do fullbacks in the Pro Bowl? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, I was going to say, if they, yeah. if they have fullbacks still in the, in the Pro Bowl, then by all means, definitely have a, like a nickel corner in the yeah. Pro Bowl. But if they don't have that, then it's a horse apiece, and then it's fair. Okay. I'm lobbying for you, though, DJ Hayden. Yeah, for fullbacks. sure. I am, and certainly do that. Uh, so we did have a question, by the way. Do the Jags, should the Jags be interested in Vernon Hargraves at all? It's, a, it's a big name. It, that's the know. thing. I don't mind the question. Mm-hmm. Good question. I feel like, one, do the Jags have a deficiency right now at the cornerback spot? I'd say no. A.J. Boye mm-hmm. and uh, Hayden mm-hmm. playing great. Mm-hmm. I think Ronnie Harrison has played great. Almost, well, great's overused. Uh, really good. Uh, I think Jared Wilson's playing really solid football. Made a nice play uh, against Houston, but has already played solid football. And I think Trey Herndon's coming into his own. Talk to DJ a little bit more about Trey Herndon. They like him. I mean, you have to go through some of the bad to get to the good. And I think that's where Herndon is. He's what, like his sixth start now or something mm-hmm. like that? This will be six or seven. And I like Trey Herndon. I haven't seen Trey Herndon be an eyesore at all. I wouldn't bring in a guy that someone's just throwing out in the trash, essentially, and say, hey, come on up. We need help. They're not desperate. So that's the biggest question, though, Brent, is do you think Vernon Hargraves is better than Trey Herndon right now? And if you answer the question yes, then by all means, you go after Vernon Hargraves on waivers. If the answer is no, then you don't waste your time because he's going to come with a little bit of a price tag because he was a former first-round pick. If it's me calling the shots, I like Trey Herndon. I like what Trey Herndon's doing right now. This is a guy who had two interceptions against the New York Jets on their best wide receiver. So if I'm the Jaguars, yeah, Vernon Hargraves, he's a former first-round pick. He is the bigger name. But there's a reason why he's not playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anymore, right? There's a reason why he's going to be a free agent now. It's because of his effort and what he was bringing to that locker room. And Bruce Arians, you know, the, the, the newer coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, comes in and says, you know what? This guy's slacking on the field. They benched him in OTAs. Yeah. And then they obviously benched him in the last game again. And 
they finally had enough of it. And in my opinion, you have to ask yourself, does the talent outweigh the distractions right now? And if we're talking about Vernon Hargraves, the answer is no. Yeah, I think uh, the name is bigger than the game. Correct. Simple as that. If you got desperate, would Hargraves be exciting to me to bring in here as, as somebody that you need because somebody got hurt? Yeah, what the heck? Try it. You know what? If that happened, I would then play the the change of scenery type of thing might help, right? Sure. Hey, sometimes people play different. Maybe it's the scheme. Maybe he didn't like it in Tampa. Maybe he just had so much bad karma going on he wasn't going to – you can spin it any way you want to spin it. I'm just saying I wouldn't be going to chase Vernon Hargraves right now. That's, this team isn't going to win more games because of Vernon Hargraves. It's not going to be a deciding factor if they well, went and got him. But to be fair, though, and then the only a positive I would say right now of Vernon Hargraves is the fact that he is a former Buccaneer. And the Jaguars do play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a couple weeks here. Okay. And anytime you bring a guy that's got a little bit of a grudge now, let's be honest, because he's he didn't leave on good terms. I mean, if anything, Vernon Hargraves wants to beat the Buccaneers now, so that's a guy that you can maybe bring on your team, kind of get you know the the four and one about the defense that they run and everything, the calls and stuff like that, and then you throw him out there and let him run hog wild. I mean, that's the possibility. But at the same time, I think the Jaguars can beat the Buccaneers without Vernon Hargraves. Two things. Uh, does anybody use 411 still? Uh, that's a good question. Kuz, have you ever even heard of 411? G- give me the 411? Yeah, I've heard Brent, that. get younger, man. Get younger. No, I'm not. That's oh. an older thing. Oh, is it okay? I yeah, no, like, it's definitely I an older thing. thing. I mean, okay. you used to be able to dial 411, and that would, if you dialed 411, you could get the information. Oh, I got you. That's back All when right. people now actually you made Google. phone calls. <laughs> now you hit Google. I thought you were making fun of me like I just said something you don't understand. All right. No, I understand it. All right. Like when I was 12, I used to do that. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know what it is now? Which was actually kind of cool. Like when you hit oh, I love it. Yeah, I did it all the time. It was the best. <laughs> what is now is you just say, what did, what did Alexa say? Uh, or Yeah, like 411 used to be Siri. Yeah. See, I'm going to be honest. 411 is a lot smoother than Siri. So I'm going to keep on saying 411. I hate Siri. Yeah. Forget Hater. it. Forget it. Hater. 411 all day. I don't care what, what, what year hurt? it is. Uh, no, you can actually change it. Yeah, if you right. want, yeah. I could have like an Australian. What Jags Siri. player would be the best voice for? Uh, a Clay's Campbell. You wouldn't want to. Got any more brain busters? What's that? I said, you got any more brain busters? No, I feel like it's not just cut and dry like that, oh, though. Oh, it is. It definitely is. Who else you want? Gardner Minshew? You want, well, probably actually Gardner Minshew would be a popular opinion. Hmm. Not what bad. Like Connolly or Chart? No. Tom Coughlin be like pay super attention to it every no. single time. It's Calais Campbell. Yeah, no, it's Calais Campbell. Yeah. The the uh, one more thing about Siri. Yeah, and there's two things on the iPhone. I love the iPhone. To me, is like the greatest invention. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Like, don't tell Apple this, but I would probably pay a lot of money to keep my phone. Like, <laughs> it, it, even if they keep raising the prices, I'll probably. Well, is there anything in your life that you use per minute more than your phone? Seriously, are you asking me that question? Uh, I don't really, but you have to think, I don't use my phone that much, man. Like at home, if I'm at home, I use my TV probably a little more than my phone. Do you? Be honest, yeah. Okay, well, not me. Sorry. I know, I'm sure I'm with a minority here, you too. You are definitely I, a minority. Yeah, yeah, but you know, when I get home, I kind of turn the cell phone off and it's whatever. Did I just say you are definitely a minority? I think so. <laughs> Cruz, is that, hey, is that a button? Can you record that, please? I'll send it to HR. Oh, man. Brent, did we learn nothing in our conversations yesterday about that hockey guy? Unbelievable. I just was asking if that's what I said. I didn't, I, I didn't. But the other thing about Siri that I do not like, yeah. no, no, about the app, the iPhone, is autocorrect. The autocorrect yeah. is, drives me nuts. Sure. I swear, you know, order of the day because of autocorrect. Like, I spelled the dang thing right, and it still wants to change it. Here's the crazy thing, though. 
You just turn, turn it off. Turn it off, right? <laughs> I know. Right? Like you, see, you turn it off, and then we're not in this conversation anymore. So. And that's really the dummy in all of this is, well, just turn it <laughs> just, off. You know, you just, just go to settings and I then know. turn it off. But right. I, I got you. Glad, okay. we get, glad we got by that. Uh, <laughs> the next part of this whole deal is, oh, oh the, uh, you were saying the 411. This all got us going on because yeah. of the 411. Yep. Uh, defensive players can't give you as much information as, like, if you pick up, pick up an offensive player, can they? <sighs> No, because to be fair, the defense is going to be a lot more just, you know, plain and basic than an offense is going to be. I mean, if you've seen a defensive playbook, you're talking about Mad Magazine, which is another old reference. <laughs> and uh, if you're talking about How offensive, old are you? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 31 years old, but I have an old soul, Brent. And if we're talking about offensive playbook, we're talking about like the last Harry Potter book. It's just it's a thick piece of paper. So from that perspective, yeah, if you bring an offensive guy in, especially a quarterback, uh, you're going to probably have a little more advantage over the defensive guy. All right. Uh, and the last thing about the 411 on Tampa's defense, yes. everybody's already got it. Pretty much, man. Yeah. Yeah. Ty actually looked this up. They're they not held good. two teams all year to under 20 points. They're not good. <laughs> They're not very good. Yeah. We've got some uh, responses. Thanks for doing all our homework. Kuz doesn't do this for us. 2018 Pro Bowl, James Devlin, New England. Thank you very much. Fullback. Fullback. Okay. Uh, Nick Foles is my QB. Uh, saying, my son just asked me what 411 was. <laughs> there we go. Hey, I'm, I'm old, man. Thanks for listening, and shout out to your son. I yeah. wish he had shared his name. I would have said it. Uh, <laughs> And Christy Turner wants to know uh, what are the results on the sandwich. We haven't tried it yet, Everybody Christy. wants to know that. Uh, you can watch Christy tonight on Action News Jack, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, the last part of this conversation, at least for now, mm-hmm. going back to that Monday night game, going back to a great week of football, and I knew I was going to get these responses. Well, the Jags didn't play. That helped have the best <laughs> week of football. How far are the Jags away from being elite? Sure. Or or in that conversation. They did not handle Kansas City. They did not beat Carolina. They did not beat the Saints. And they have not beaten Houston. Mm-hmm. They have not beaten a team that's any good. Mm-hmm. And then watching, and I'm not even sure any of those teams, I know Kansas City when they're playing well, I think New Orleans is up in that conversation. I'm not sure about Carolina, and I don't think Houston is yet. But San Francisco, Seattle, New England, uh, the Saints I think are up there. Green Bay. I just feel like would the Jags have not a chance? Of course, you have a chance. You'd feel so uncomfortable if the Jags played one of those teams right now, wouldn't you? You'd have to. And I guess my point's going to be this here, Brent. When we break down the Chiefs game, let's be honest. I don't care how the, the Jaguars could have played their best game the first game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't see him being the Chiefs. Okay, I just think for whatever reason, Andy Reid, um, you know, he had a long summer break to think about this. I think just Andy Reid had the Jacksonville Jaguars number. So the Chiefs beat the Jaguars 10 times out of 10, we'll just say. But when you're talking about both Texans games, you're talking about the Panthers game, and probably the Saints game as well. You know, I think that comes down to more, like, they didn't get just outmanned and outgunned. It wasn't just like, oh, wow, like, their team has so many more better players than the Jaguars do. It just, it wasn't even fair. No. The biggest takeaway that I take out of those games, Brent, is the fact that consistency wasn't there. And we're talking about the, the, the top elite teams, the upper echelon teams that are playoff bound. One of the biggest things that they have going for them is consistency. And I say consistency, like, against the Panthers. Defensive line, not consistent. It's consistent. The last Texans game, defensive line again, not very consistent. So in terms of consistency, they don't have it right now. And that's probably the biggest thing going forward that Jaguars have to do. If they can be consistent and play their brand of football, then I like them going to the playoffs. But what we've seen so far from the Jacksonville Jaguars, 
I'm not the most confident right now. Yeah, well, if you're not consistent, that means you're average. And yeah. That's I mean, as simple as that. Yeah. Now, normally what you'd say here is like, well, the quarterback, the quarterback. Well, Minshew did his part a lot, mm-hmm. but we still get to see if Foles is an upgrade and can change that. Does Foles put you in a conversation where you would fare better against Carolina, the Saints, Houston a couple of times, uh, the Chiefs if he had played the entire game? Mm-hmm. We don't know. That's an answer we don't know. And they don't get really a chance to play those kind of teams. Indianapolis might be as close as to one of those teams. Maybe the Chargers when they come to town. Maybe when you go to Oakland, we'll see if he can handle those kind of teams. More conversation about the Jazz coming up a bit later. I wanna, I'm giving you my top ten in the college football rankings the way it should be next mm. on ESPN 690. Did a lot of homework on this. Glad to hear While it. you were buying chicken sandwiches. That was my homework. I think, like anything, when you when um, when when people are injured and it's something like a, a collarbone or a wrist or you know something where, where it has to deal with a bone, I think you have a pretty good shot at knowing when. You know, as long as nothing, there are no setbacks. Um, when he was injured, I knew that there was an opportunity that if there was no setbacks, that he'd be able to come back. Doug Barone on Nick Foles Tuesday off day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like the Jags have not played in. A month. <laughs> because I'm not even sure London counted. It was Florida, Georgia weekend. It was eight nine thirty in the morning. Yeah. The game stunk. Yeah. So it's like it feels like they just haven't played. And I wasn't there really. Maybe that's why. Because I just go to most of the games. Sure. That's funny. Ty even said it. So I was like, So you weren't there you haven't gone to a Jags game in like three weeks. I was like, You're right. And I'm not going this week or the next week on the road. Although, this probably be the longest stretch of my career. Four games without actually being at a Jags, or four weeks without actually being at a Jags game. Dang. You're going to mess around with having some withdrawals or something, I'm going to need a, a psychologist. Yeah. Is there any reason? You just didn't sign up for it, or is there a reason? Well, just to get, we split the games up in the sports office. Gotcha. Okay. And I had to actually, I wasn't supposed to go on the Denver trip. I was supposed to go on Nashville. Yeah. And so that would have kind of split it up a little bit more yeah. evenly in terms of the calendar. Yeah. And uh, But then I had to go there. Well, uh, so it, which was fine. Yeah, I mean, um, so it just kind of worked out, out this way. Indy, you know, kind of in the middle of winter and missing on Nashville when it's getting cold Listen, outside. I'll go on all of them. I like yeah. being on all of them or whatever ones. It's I've been to all of those places now, Indy, and I, I like Denver was cool. Mm-hmm. It, you know, all these places that you go, you go for like hours, man. It's not like you go. It's great to go see them. Yeah, but you really want to go back and visit for a few days. Sure, I always say that about like Seattle. You know? Oh, dude, Seattle's the best. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've been there a couple times for away games, and I had fun, fun in Seattle. I believe now I'm going to Oakland. I think that would be kind of cool because uh, that's the last game in Oakland. That's right. And the Jags are playing that now, unless there's a playoff game or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But last regular season game, and I think the Jags are going out on Friday. Yeah. So, which they haven't always done that with Tom Coughlin. But that's been like a Saturday trip still. Mm-hmm. But I think they're doing Friday. I think that's what I understand. So I'll be going on that trip, and that will be that's a little better because on Saturday, then you can go do something. Yeah. The real question is though for that Oakland game, are they going to keep the baseball field intact just for little like no, tradition? I think or is it gone? already closed. I mean, I'm sure it's gone. Obviously, I think it's already right? gone. Yeah. They should keep the baseball field there just for <laughs> you know one more time. And you played Oakland? Of course. I played in Oakland. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I played Oakland, I think, three times, but I played in, in Oakland once. In Oakland once. Yeah, that's when I almost got in the fight in the stands and stuff. And yeah, Tucker that's right. You had said to tell that. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. My, but it, it is weird playing in the baseball field. went to the Oakland trip okay. uh, years ago. We yeah. were out there for the that whole Oakland, then Seattle trip. That was like a, a week long. And I think she's still scared of the black hole. Really? That, <laughs> dude, I'll, I'll, like, I'll be honest. Like, I get Philly always gets a bad rap and everything. Um, I think New York sometimes maybe gets a little bad rap, but... 
from my standpoint of like just coming out of the tunnel and fans saying stuff to you, then me almost trying to hop the stands for whatever reason and try to get in someone's face and just the stuff that we heard on the sidelines, oh, Oakland brought it. And they weren't even that good back when we played them, but they, their fans were still uh, very, very passionate, let's just say. All right. Uh, college football rankings come out tonight. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see where Alabama is. That's what I want to see. It's going to be the big one. And it will set the table for some things. But I got to thinking. So today, yesterday we argued. I, I, I said I was going to go fight you at the Morocco Shrine. You did. I threw stuff at John Bachman. You did. It was heated discussion. And today I grounded my kid talking about it. Oh, wow. So, really? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> these things have become heated. Ty, I assume? Or yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, Ty. Okay. Ty. Yep. And so we were talking about it. Okay. So basically what I said, I come back to this because, well, he's a Gator. So he has like Georgia bias. In a good way or a bad way? Bad. Okay. Like he doesn't like Georgia. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. I mean, if he's a Gator fan, SEC, you know, all that stuff. Well, it's true. You, yeah. you never know. But not yeah. when it comes okay. to Georgia. Okay. And so so that muddied up the conversation. See, everybody can't take their emotions out of it. I can. Yeah. I don't care about any of them. We're completely indifferent. That's right. Yeah. So that's why everybody listening here is going to be like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But you can't get your goggles off, is mm-hmm. my point. Yeah. Right? You're too so, close to it. All right. Let's hear it. So LSU has got to be the number one team in the country. Without a doubt. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Without a doubt. Hands down. I think Ohio State has proven they're the number two team in the country. And mm-hmm. it's not just because they've played well and people say they haven't played enough. I already told you last week the rankings said they had a better strength of schedule than most of the teams. And I still think that Wisconsin win should count as a lot. Yeah. They were, what, 13th in the country when they played them and they walloped them. Correct. They might have even been higher than 13. Uh, Clemson I have as the number three team in the country. They are undefeated. Yeah. And... People are saying they haven't beaten anybody, but they did beat Texas A&M 24 to 10. And at the time, Texas A&M was the 12th ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. So that was a good win at the time. Better than people want to give them credit for. They forget that. Now, that was also when Clemson wasn't playing great. But if you look at it right now, they have been molly people. Yeah. Well, and they're undefeated. And they're undefeated. But they have not lost yet. That is Simple a nice that. segue. Okay. <laughs> because undefeated should be important. Uh-oh, is Baylor about to be number four right now? No. Okay, okay. But Minnesota is. They are number, yeah, they are undefeated. Minnesota number four. Minnesota number four. Dang. I thought about this a long time. Okay. First of all, undefeated should mean something in the Power Five, right? I agree completely. Minnesota struggled early on with some teams like what are you doing right horrible yeah georgia southern yep. they what they, they beat uh, somebody in like two overtimes fresno state fresno state yeah like really okay yeah that's fine but you know what they are undefeated have played better and better and better and better as the season goes along and they have a win over the fourth ranked team in the country in terms of the college football playoffs they have a win that shows me they are capable mm-hmm. so they are undefeated and capable I can give you evidence that Minnesota is good. I yeah. can. Uh-huh. It's kind of like what I said yesterday. If Minnesota had lost 31 to 26, mm-hmm. think about this, okay? It's to, to wrap your arms around Minnesota. Minnesota at 31 to 26, losing at home in a good football game to the number four ranked team in the college football playoff rankings. They would have gone from, I think they were like 17th in the country in the rankings. They would have fallen this week to number 22, let's just say. Okay. Although they lost to the that team, but no I respect. Say. They hadn't done much before that. Their schedule was eh, whatever, and so they would have fallen to 22. Mm-hmm. Alabama, who has not been much at all, their best win probably Texas A&M, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going to give credit to Clemson for Texas A&M, I need to give credit to Alabama, Texas A&M. They had beaten up people, looked more impressive doing so than Minnesota, but really, at the in the grand scheme of things, had not beaten anybody of note mm-hmm. outside of Texas A&M. And they lose, and they might go from, like, the second-ranked team in the country to, like, the fourth-ranked team. I'm sorry, third in the playoff rankings to maybe fifth in the rankings or fourth in the rankings. You see the difference? I do, but I disagree with you here. I think that if Penn State would have beat Minnesota 31-26, to we number one, we would assume that Penn State would probably say number four then. Well, they might have even move up. They're so, okay, whatever. They'd probably take Alabama's spot. Yeah, they'd be top four regardless. Yes. Undefeated in the Big Ten. You can't justify then moving Minnesota down that much if Penn State is going to be in the top four still, in my opinion. You can't justify that. So, in my opinion, I don't think Minnesota would move down, actually. You think they would say the same? I think they would say the same. But I disagree with you. Yeah, okay. I think think perception-wise, everybody right now is either turning me off because I just said this or saying (laughs) saying you're, you're a moron. Yeah. Because Alabama and Minnesota, you're trying to say they're the same. I'm not trying to say they're the same. What I'm trying to say is the perception of both factors into this stuff way more than the resume does. The Mm -hmm. resume says they're not that different. If I give you two teams, if I actually switched them and said this is Alabama's resume and this is Minnesota's resume, you would have put Alabama up to number seven. But Minnesota doesn't isn't getting any love, and they should get a little bit of a hit for the early stuff that happened, but they still won football games. See, I think at the end – like I don't think Oklahoma should be really – uh, punished for winning 42 to 41. You know what? They won the football game. You win. Yeah. It, winning is important. And then once we have everything equal with no losses, then we can start measuring stuff. Okay. But my point in this whole thing, and it was yesterday and today, is just from an Alabama point of view, I can't tell you if they're any good. Mm. I can't. There's mm-hmm. no evidence that shows me they are better than Minnesota. I can tell you that Minnesota beat Penn State. Mm-hmm. Who is a top four team? Yeah. I think Minnesota's pretty good now. But then, so then the question remains, Brent, where does Baylor stand in all this? And it's a great question because I'm, I think I'm going to be hypocritical here. Well, so, is, and this is what I'm going to say pump your brakes because if you got Minnesota in the top four, you got to have Baylor up there as well. Okay, I'm going to get to that. Okay. And I got to hold on. I got to check uh, the, the Baylor conversation. So the only other team that's undefeated. Yes. And so I say, okay, Baylor's going to be number five. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If I'm going with this theory. Correct. Because they have beaten 23 Oklahoma State. Curb stomped them. They beat Kansas State at number 16. They have some pretty quality wins. Now, they play Oklahoma this weekend. That's that's the big game. You beat Oklahoma, welcome to the dance. But right now, according to their resume, 8-0, Brent. 9-0, actually. I'm sorry. Yep, I'm sorry. 9-0. You got to like it. But my problem with Baylor is I can't tell you they're any good. But how can you, though? I know I can't. Okay. Because they don't, they've beaten Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, Rice, Iowa State by two, Kansas State. Now, Kansas State, they weren't ranked. They now have been ranked. So maybe that's your best win. Kansas State also beat Oklahoma. And they beat Oklahoma. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I could maybe, you could maybe sell me on Kansas State. Uh, Texas Tech in double overtime, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and now TCU in triple overtime. But my point is, they are an undefeated team mm-hmm. that hasn't that that I can't tell you they are this good because they haven't beaten a ranked team. They've but beaten the, anybody. Nobody has Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. It's a pretty impressive victory. In part, if I'm, you know, they're twenty three. I if you want to argue that, yeah. you can. 
Like, yeah. I'm, what I'm trying to do instead of take away from teams mm-hmm. is find out, give me evidence that they are good. Okay. And right now, the only evidence is they haven't lost. Well, that's usually a pretty good marker. Yeah. But they really haven't beaten anybody, and it's taken double and triple overtime even lately to get there. Mm-hmm. And so I do mark them different than Minnesota, because Minnesota just proved they can beat the top four team in the country, which proved to me they're good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from there, and you're absolutely right. The, the the Penn State win is the biggest thing that they have going for them, as it should be, because wins, in my opinion, should matter more than losses. But this is the same Minnesota team that almost got beat by an FCS school, beaten by two points, I know South Dakota State. I know it. And you have to bring that in the mix because there's yeah. a reason why Clemson wasn't in the top four a couple weeks ago. It's because UNC almost beat him. I know. You know what I'm saying? So you have to take that into account as well. No, I get it. I think I think something that should be said is the fact that when are they starting to streak? You know, when, when are they starting to play some good football? And right now, Minnesota Clemson. is playing some good football. Same thing with Clemson. Now, they start off kind of shaky to start did. the year. But now they're playing some good football, and that needs to be considered too. But if you want to look at Minnesota top to bottom, the fact that South Dakota State almost beat them, not a good look for Minnesota. It wasn't. Yeah. But I get, I'm going off that big win and the yeah. zero goose egg okay. on the loss column. Okay. 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 So that's my reasoning. Yeah. I'm just giving you reasoning. And I have a hard time. I wanted to put Baylor there. I just can't tell you they're good other than the zero losses. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, after Minnesota, I have Georgia because I think I can tell you they're good, man. They beat Florida. They beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, at this point, they, that's it. They could beat Auburn, but we'll see. They haven't yet. Yeah. And Alabama, I'm still not convinced they're great, but they did. How much can you knock them for losing to the number one team in the country? That's clearly the number one team in the country. So I've got them at number six. Hmm. And then, yeah. I, and Oregon and Utah, I've got next. Oregon had a good loss to Auburn, mm-hmm. but they also haven't really beaten anybody. Like the best wins for Oregon and Utah are, I think, like uh, Washington or something. Yeah. And then I have Baylor. You know. I really probably should put Baylor right behind Alabama. Sure. As I talk this out more. Yep. I probably should put Baylor right behind Bama and at number seven and then have Oregon, Utah, and Penn State. Where's Oklahoma in top ten? No, nah, they're out of my top ten. Well, what? Interesting. Well, Penn State loses to a Minnesota team at home, mm-hmm. and they hadn't lost yet. Mm-hmm. I still think that's a better loss yeah. than Oklahoma. No, I, I agree with that, but then you're putting, like, Oregon and Utah both ahead of Oklahoma still. I am. Yeah. I I would argue that... That's... I mean, I, I would argue Utah's loss to USC was a lot worse than the Kansas State lost to Oklahoma. Because mm. I don't think USC is that talented of a team. I think Kansas State right now, number 16 in the nation, I think they are pretty have a pretty legit record. I think they're a pretty legit team. USC, I can't say the same thing about them. That's fair. And yeah. I will say, Oklahoma did beat Texas, too. So yeah. they have a win that shows me they're good. Yep. Uh, you, you could make that case. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Pac-12 teams here's, are tri- Here's the thing. Here's the problem with it. Again, what I go back to is I think we should always start with their win-loss record. Yeah. And then you've got to really tell me that a loss was this much better than a team not losing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it starts right there. And I do think or, – or what they've done on their resume to win. Like, that's what I do with Georgia. The loss was horrendous. But the fact that they've beaten two really good teams also shows me they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like Baylor, that's why I've got them ahead of Baylor. Because Baylor, they haven't lost, but they haven't also showed me they're any good. Like, I can't tell you that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Other than they've won some two-point games and overtime games against some middle-of-the-road teams. 
And that's why I give Minnesota love. That's why I give Georgia love. And after that, you can't give anybody else any love. Nobody's beaten anybody. LSU has beaten a bunch of teams. Ohio State actually beat Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Clemson, you really do have to go back to Texas A&M, and that's stretching it, I understand. Yeah. But they have been curb-stomping people. Yep. And I can tell you Minnesota beat Penn State. That makes them relevant and good in my mind mm-hmm. to go along with no losses. Georgia, I just told you about. And Alabama, I'm probably giving them more credit than I should, although they beat Texas A&M too. It's a tricky situation because nobody's beaten anybody outside of the ones that I mentioned. Ohio State, Minnesota, and Georgia. Here's the big That's question. It. Then. That's the only teams that have really beaten anybody of consequence. That's it. And here's, LSU. Did I say LSU? LSU, yeah, Ohio LSU. State, and, and Minnesota. All right. So then here's, and the Georgia. Big, here's the big question next week. Let's assume that Minnesota goes to Iowa, hard game in Iowa, and they beat the Hawkeyes. And then let's assume that Baylor beats the Oklahoma Sooners. Big game for them. Give me the scenario again. Make sure. So, I get it. Okay, so the, the Gophers beat the Hawkeyes. Minnesota beats Iowa. Okay. And then Baylor beats Oklahoma. Who's ranked higher now? Minnesota. Still ahead of Baylor. Oh, yeah. Even though Baylor beat Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. See, ah. Well, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. They beat, wait, you're going to tell me, okay, that's a great win by Baylor, by the way. And I've, now, fantastic got them, I've win. now got them probably at number five in the country. Okay. I slide them up because they proved to me. Okay. But well, Minnesota proved they beat Penn State, the fourth-ranked team in the country. That's a better win than beating Oklahoma. Yeah, Get but it out of your no, mind that Oklahoma's always good. I, 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 it's out of my mind. I haven't gone to my playoff, though, so I think they're a pretty good team. <laughs> but, but, but to be fair here, though, Brent, I think Baylor has... If you look at the whole resume, top to bottom, they have more impressive wins. They beat Kansas State. They beat Oklahoma State. They have more impressive wins as a total than Minnesota does who just beat Penn State, and that's it. You make the case. I'd listen to that. Yeah. I'd love a situation where all five undefeateds are the top five. That's if you want to flip be. them around, yeah. that'd be fine. Yeah. But Baylor has to get in that conversation with a big win. Yeah. They haven't done that yet. Yeah. Next week they'll have this, or this week they have the opportunity. opportunity. Let's talk a little more. Jason Fitz uh, from ESPN will join us and see what happens in some of those games. Should Minnesota be on upset alert? It's coming up next on ESPN 690. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane on a Tuesday. Coos with us as well, 4 o'clock. And it's time to talk a little more college football. I just gave my uh, top 10 in the college football playoff rankings the way it should be, even though good old boy college football bias, Alabama, being Alabama, will get all the love. Yeah. And mine won't be the way it comes out. I just want you to be right because – Yesterday, you're throwing stuff at John Bachman. You were calling me to go to the cage in Morocco trying to fight me. Like, this college season has kind of brought out the, the evil in you, Brent. I'm not sure how I feel about it, man. Yeah, I just wish they would go with the way it really is right now when yeah. you're doing this stuff. And I understand human nature says we can't mm-hmm. to a degree. I get it. Um, and there's just so many different things to go on, whether it's someone's loss versus someone's great win. And yeah. there's just not enough good football games being played not enough quality wins for these teams for uh, you know in the top 10 sure to really weigh against each other yeah um 
but we just get stuck in, in every conversation goes back to, yeah, but Alabama has been like this and Clemson's been like this. And yeah. well, what are they right now? That's the way it should be. You know, you, in, in most sports, in any sport, we weigh what a win loss record is right now. If the Patriots were were two and six, we don't give them any credit for being great the last two decades in college football. We do. Yeah. Well, and, and the funny thing is, though, is we're doing exactly what the committee wants, right? Like we're oh, we're sticking up for Minnesota, beautiful. and we're we're going back and forth, and we're debating, and everyone's presenting their arguments. We're all super passionate, but at the end of the college football season, Brent, there's probably going to be only like five, maybe six, at the very most, teams left standing. You know, like that's the way it always goes here. Like right now, we can make a case for eight, nine teams of who's going to go to the college football playoff, but that's the beauty of it, and that's the beauty of the conference championships that eventually. This will all work itself out, and we won't really have a lot of doubts anymore of who's going to be the top four. And the playoff committee also says we need to bring Jason Fitz into the conversation yes, from sir. ESPN. But I think this is exactly right, uh, Jason. Austin just said it. They love this. This is great for college football. The talk, the dialogue, the debate. It's much like bad officiating. I don't <laughs> think the NFL sits there and says, oh, we're losing the integrity of our league. I think they always say, you know what? Hey, the more talk about the NFL product, the better. As long as it's not super bad, let's just make sure everybody's talking about it where you can't fix everything any any press is good press uh, you're not wrong about that i mean i asked a few years ago i did the mock committee where you sit in a room with 12 other people and you go through an old bcs year and you fight just like the committee does you go through the entire voting process it's one of the most eye-opening things i wish every college football fan could get the opportunity to do it but one thing i asked afterwards is what's the what's the pulse on expansion and we were all given the answer squarely that they're not interested in expansion at all. And, and realistically, why should they be? Would we be having this tremendous argument over eight versus nine? No. But we'll have an argument all day long over four versus five. And uh, frankly, if the college football playoff committee didn't exist, how many markets across the country would be talking about college football today or tomorrow? It would get lost to the NFL. So in that sense, it is actually good for the sport that the conversation continues for the growth of the sport and the casual fan that just likes the argument. Jason Fitz joining us from ESPN here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right, man, I just did my top ten the way I think it should be based on performance, resume, everything else, and I'm going to stun you here. But I actually believe Minnesota should be the fourth-ranked team in the country. So I will ask you this. If you had to bet your house, today on Minnesota versus Alabama on a neutral field today, right now, as it is, would you be comfortable betting that house on Minnesota to beat Alabama? Absolutely not. <laughs> and it's that, I mean, that's the, that's the counter to it because remember they are charged with not, not finding the four most deserving, but finding the four best. And that's such a difficult, the equation I've been using all for the, or the analogy for the last week I've been using to everybody is if I walk into a room with 13 people and I ask them what the best hamburger is. Even though we all know the ingredients of a hamburger and how a hamburger is made, you're going to have the one guy from California that says in and out the guy from Texas that says what a burger, and the guy from the East Coast that says five guys, and you know, you're going to run through that whole gamut. And everybody might be right and everybody might be wrong because best is such a variable. Sorry, a variable. And when you look at it, you're right. Like If we want to take resume, then sure, of course, right now Minnesota's undefeated. So – no problem with the concept of putting an undefeated team at number four, but they're not charged with finding the four most deserving. They're charged with finding the four best, and where that line falls is really difficult because I want the four best teams to go in at the end of the year, but that means that sometimes you're going to have to take a team with one loss over a team with no losses. 
Yeah, it's really well said. Jason Fitz from ESPN joining us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. By the way, great job of bringing up the burger reference on a day that we are going to have a chicken sandwich eating contest between Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, and Popeye's. Yep. Okay, by the way, you just you, you in the middle of that, you buried the lead, which is Wendy's is a an absolute American treasure. And, and look, I, I have waxed <laughs> on and on and on about the junior bacon cheeseburger and the delight that it is. But the Wendy's chicken sandwich is severely underrated in this entire process. So I'm interested if you blind taste tested people. That's what we're I'd doing. I'd be interested to see. Oh my God! I need the I need these results, please, please God, let me well, in on these results. Well, because I, Wendy's I, is going to do better than people expect. And that's the thing, Jason. I'll be honest, man. Like you know, I grew up in Wisconsin. Got Wendy's everywhere and everything. But I always I didn't pursue like. I guess the, it was never on my radar to get a Wendy's chicken sandwich, right? Because they have great burgers and. I go with what I know. I've never had a Wendy's chicken sandwich before. I'll be honest with you. I've been to Wendy's 200 times. Never had the chicken sandwich. So I'm curious because the Twitter outreach has also agreed with you where they said it's actually a really good chicken sandwich. So I, I cannot wait now. Oh, man. And the spicy chicken? Woo! I mean, just, I'm just saying right now, give me Wendy's chicken sandwich over Chick-fil-A all day every day. So I J- just, I'll, I'll say it. I J- will say it. Jason, I'm, I'm going to make you excited here, man, because we, we have two categories. We, we have the original of three chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A, Popeyes, and Wendy's, and then there's going to be a spicy chicken sandwich category as well. So we have all bases oh. covered. Sweet Lord, how quickly can I get down there? I mean, if, if, there was a, if there was a way to just teleport down there, I would be down there right now. Not to judge, just to be part of the contest. Someday, someday. All right, I, I'm going to ask you, though. You asked me a great question if I had to bet my house, and you're right. It's a great argument. But I want you to make the argument, though, and convince me that Alabama is good. And it has nothing to I'm, I'm saying I, I, this I, year I they are good. Well, this year, I mean, they're good because you watch them and they play good football, but they don't have a win, and you're right about that. They don't have a signature win, and this is the risk you take when you don't schedule out a conference difficultly, uh, difficult schedules. And this is sort of a lose-lose situation because, on the one hand, you can sit there and say, this is the risk you take, and on the other hand, you can look at Oregon and say, this is the risk you take when you, when you schedule out a conference early on against Auburn, you know? So uh, there's no right equation to this. I don't think Alabama is going to be in the final playoff. Frankly, if I had a vote today... I would put Georgia ahead of Alabama because even though uh, as much as Alabama fans have been reminding me on Twitter for the last 48 hours uh, over and over again, the loss is inexcusable by Georgia to South Carolina. I can at least counter that with it was a close loss, inexcusable loss, but they've beaten some teams. Mm-hmm. Who has Alabama played this year? Nobody. And, uh, and if we give them a system where they can play literally nobody and get their way into the college football playoff, you are rewarding a system that essentially tells every team in the future, don't schedule anybody, just go out and look really good, and as long as you look good, you'll be fine. So you're not, you're not wrong about that. I mean, I still think Alabama is super talented, and that has to matter, but ultimately what have they done to earn a playoff spot this year? Nothing. I mean, Jason, could you almost argue, because I agree with you, I think if Alabama plays Minnesota, I'm giving the edge to Alabama, obviously. Could I bring up the argument where – Supposedly they had 25 potential draft picks from the, in the 2020 NFL draft class playing against the Alabama LSU game. Could I argue that obviously the talent is a lot deeper than in Minnesota and therefore Alabama's a better team? And if that's not good enough, I can also argue that Alabama, and with all due respect to P.J. Fleck, who could be coach of the year, but with all due respect, I would take Saban over Fleck right now as the head coach. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right about all of that. If yeah. you were If you were walking in as a... Uh, fantasy college football coach uh, or owner, and you walked in and they said, all right, pick your coach. And you look on one side, you got Fleck, and the other side, you got 
Nick Saban. We all know who you're taking. If they said, okay, you got one quarterback, we all know who you're taking. Mm-hmm. If you got one offensive line, we all know who you're taking. You got one set of offense, uh, wide receivers, we all know who you're taking. I mean, they, all of these things matter. But does it matter that they haven't played anybody? That's why I don't envy the committee because it's not a simple job to figure out where they where they lie. I think it's even tougher with Clemson because at least with Alabama now you have a loss, so that gives you an excuse to sort of politely push them away from the big kids table at Thanksgiving. What's the excuse around Clemson? Because or do we really think that they're going to leave a defending national champion that's undefeated out of the playoff? I don't. But Clemson will by the time this is all said and done. And they will have beaten up on a bunch of teams that are nobodies. And that is, oh, that is tough to stomach when you've got other teams that have played really well. It's tough to stomach the thought that LSU has played a great schedule and one screw-up could cost them an opportunity, although I don't think it would. It could cost them an opportunity against an undefeated Clemson team. I, I, I can't make that logic make sense. The interesting thing is, and it's a good call on Clemson, although I don't think they're getting enough credit for beating the 12th-ranked team at the time, Texas A&M. And I'll even give to, uh, Alabama a little bit of credit for beating Texas A&M, but at least from where they were positioned at the time. But it's not like they're they're messing around with a lot of teams. In the top ten, Clemson hasn't really beaten anybody. Alabama hasn't beaten anybody. Oregon hasn't beaten anybody. And Utah and Baylor haven't beaten anybody. So they've all got company in the haven't beaten anybody category. So there's not a lot to go off there. And and that's a problem, right? I mean, uh, that's the other thing with Baylor. As much as Baylor fans right now are just, they're angry. Baylor fans are sort of picking up the UCF flag. We're undefeated (laughs) and we win our, our conference championship. That should that should matter. I don't think it will. If Baylor ends up undefeated, they will have beaten Oklahoma twice. The first Oklahoma win, they'll get a little credit for. The second one, I don't know that they will. So I, I think you're more likely to see, and the metrics showed this, after the Oklahoma upset loss, the, the funny thing is that the metrics for that actually helped two teams from the Big Ten, our playoff predictors, uh, helped two teams from the Big Ten or two teams from the SEC more than it helped the Pac-12, amazingly. And the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are in the same exact conversation. Like, they, they are looking at it saying, hey, we want respect over here. I don't know that they're going to be able to get it. I don't think there's enough runway left for either of them to, to pick up the ground that they need. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, one last thought on Alabama. I think you could give them a little bit of an excuse. Again, my big this whole display for me is: can we stop saying because they've been, because they've been? Although I don't care about the history, although college football certainly does. <laughs> I don't care about it when I'm talking about this year, and I think that you got to put the blinders on. So that's kind of really where I stand on it. But I think in Alabama's case, I think I could say, all right, I don't see them dropping too much even though I've never thought they were threatening in that football game until the onside kick. That was the only time in the game I thought they were threatening. But I could give them a little bit of leeway because Tua was obviously not 100%. So they didn't have their guy 100%. But, Jason, can I also use that against them? Because Tua almost couldn't walk off the field. So what is Alabama going to be? They might not have their quarterback that's 100% the rest of the year. No, And you're right. And the committee, by the way, is told – that they're not supposed to factor in previous years. They're only supposed to look at this year. And the committee is told that they are supposed to factor in injuries. But the other thing, uh, there's a metric ESPN design called game control, and you'll hear a lot of people talk about it. Game control, basically, I had the stats and info nerds that are way smarter than me explain how it works. <laughs> My eyes glazed over about a third of the way through, and I started drooling. But uh, the best, easiest way to explain it is it takes win probability through an entire game and then from that win probability stat tells you how in control a team was throughout the course of the game. It's interesting to your point that you initially made. 
Alabama's win probability, game control, in the game that they just lost to LSU was lower on average than it was during the Clemson National Championship blowout game. The metrics show, the stats show, that that was a bigger blowout than the National Championship. Think about that. Mm. The final score didn't show that, but the control of the game does. So the committee's going to see that. They get those sorts of metrics, although that's an ESPN-specific one. They get those sorts of metrics. I think they're going to look at that as a bigger loss than we think we're going to look at it, and that's part of why uh, I I believe Alabama's going to be penalized. But I will say this. The first rankings were very safe. They put four teams in there that they knew would work themselves out. If they want to do the safe thing, they can put Alabama at four and know that as teams win and teams lose, it's going to shake its way out, and it's not a big deal. That would be the safe thing and I think the wrong thing to do. That's a great explanation of it, and I agree with you. I mean, that, my eyes told me that, that LSU controlled that game, and I'm glad the metric said so too because I thought it was just – it never was that much in doubt until I thought Alabama was going to be Alabama in the final minute and a half because I can't believe their defense allowed that touchdown uh, for LSU. Uh, but, but you got to get going, and we got to get to a chicken-eating contest. But before we do that – Two big games. I'm worried for Minnesota this week because it's college football, and I know what happens. You have that huge win, and then Iowa comes in and beats you, and then also Baylor-Oklahoma. Does Baylor have a chance to win this? Do you think they get it done? Yeah, I think Baylor has a chance to win it. Their their defense much improved from what we're used to seeing from Baylor. If you haven't watched Baylor football, their defense has just absolutely gone up the rankings this year. So I think that they can actually slow Oklahoma down a little bit. I still worry about Baylor's ability to get enough production at the quarterback position to actually match what they're going to have to match. So I think Oklahoma wins, but that's a close game. On the other side, Minnesota's just darn better than we thought, and that's me included. So what they did to Penn State, I did not expect at all. I am the first to admit it. I thought that Penn State would win that game. They did not. Iowa has been maddeningly inconsistent. I think Minnesota's going to handle business there. Unfortunately for Minnesota, they're going to be reminded that Ohio State's better than everybody else in the Big Ten, and that's going to happen in a very ugly way that's going to change the way people perceive that team by the time they get there. So Minnesota, I give the edge to. Uh, the Baylor-Oklahoma one to pick them, but I, I really believe Oklahoma wins that in the end. All right, uh, good stuff. Jason Fitz, uh, catch him. Every morning on ESPN 690 from 5 to 6, and then on Golick and Wingo as well. And then countdown to college game day, 8.30 in the morning leading up to game day. Uh, remind me, I probably should know this. Where are you? Baylor. Baylor. Oh uh, Yeah, we're at Baylor. We're in Waco this weekend. And uh, tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern, rankings reaction. Michael Jr.'s house. We sit on his couch. We react to everything on live stream. <laughs> I like it. I, I, watched that. I watched that last week, by the way, and... I wanted to go right to the store and buy some Cheez-Its. I think that's the purpose oh, okay. of that sponsorship, right? <laughs> I, I think so. then it's working perfectly, so I thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. We appreciate you joining us. Y'all have a great week. All right. Uh, that's Jason Fitz from ESPN. I did watch a show that they'll have – Fitz is all over the place. Oh, yeah, And man, a lot on the social sure. media platforms. Yeah. does a great job. And yeah. they, they really are sitting at Golik Jr.'s house. It's awesome. Eating Cheez-Its. Yep. And talking about the college football rankings like we just did for 20 I like minutes. It. I like it. I'm telling you, man. We, without Jesus. I'm telling you. We, without Jesus. We, we, we have to have some kind of viewing party for the Jaguars game if they're on the road. If you're around, Brent, let's have a viewing party, man. Actually, we've got the next couple of weeks. We've talked about saying. doing that. We, 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 you know, we've teased it a little bit. We'll see. We might have to revisit. I'm glad you brought that up. You're welcome. Now the wheels are spinning. Wheels are spinning. Damn it. I was <laughs> looking for an easy couple of weekends. Nope. Sorry, man. We eat chicken sandwiches while we're doing it, too. <laughs> We might have to do that. Yeah. This one might be a good idea to do that. It's a big game. It is a big yeah. one. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to take a big break, right? When we come back, when are we doing this chicken eating contest? Five o'clock? Or sure. now? I think are it's ready, ready to go right now. It's ready to go right now. Are oh, you no, ready? it's not ready to go. I haven't heated them up, but. All right. How about okay. like 10 minutes? 4.30. 
Sure. All right. All right. Cool. Four thirty-five. Let's do it. We gotta do a little balling and falling. Sure. We gotta do that. Let's okay. do that when we come back on ESPN six ninety. Well, I tell you, yesterday was the first time I, I was able to kind of watch, you know, saying some stuff, um, and I don't normally do it, um, but I, when I got, I, felt I was doing something, and I got got around and I watched that NFL Network Red Zone. That stuff's crazy, you know. It goes from game to game to game. To, I mean, it's like I was like, it was crazy. I didn't know they had that stuff, you know. He can't be serious. I don't know, man. He's kidding with us. I hope so. But to be fair, the NFL Red Zone is a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. Oh, outside of the iPhone. Yeah. And these things that called live views and TV that allow us to go live on TV. Yep. And uh, live on the radio when we go on the road. Mm-hmm. Like a little backpack thing that I can't, I won't take a time to explain, but trust me. Yeah. They're the two greatest inventions of all time. Yeah. And Red Zone might be the third. So true. So like, are you telling me that Doug Marone hasn't heard of like the third best invention of all time? <laughs> so to be fair. Like better than electricity and all that stuff. Whoa, like whoa, whoa, and, whoa. Better yeah. than electricity? I mean, running water. Oh, anyway. You, can't need, you, can't, matter, you can't need electricity to have the Red Zone, though. Yeah, you do. You That's do. right. That's so screw electricity. And if you didn't have running water, you'd have to go out back to use the restroom in between games. So, I mean, that's no good either. Somebody was bound to come up with electricity. You know how much thought it took to come up with the red zone and the iPhone? So, to be fair. Only because they had electricity. Come on, man. (laughs) So, to to be fair, um, when I was at the Super Bowl and we're doing like the, what do they call it? Meteoro? Meteoro? Whatever it was? Like, what's Radio Row. Radio Row. Okay, thank Well, no, it wasn't that. It was when we were first there. The first night. Oh, media night. Yeah, media night. So we're doing media night and to the business. I guess so, right? <laughs> so we're doing media night. Well, sorry, Brent. Hey, never played in the Super Bowl before, and it was my first time there. So what do you want me to How do? How many times have you played in the Super Bowl, Brent? <laughs> yeah, but I've heard of that. So uh, I've been a lot of for media nights. night. So we're there for media night, and I'll admit I ended up getting starstruck. And the reason they had Starstruck was because Scott Hansen, the host of NFL Red Zone, <laughs> had his own little booth set up like in the corner. And my plan initially, when I, I, t- I told Stuart this, because like, listen, Scott Hansen in our house is a big deal for a couple reasons. Number one, I'm a huge NFL Red Zone fan, right? I'm a, I'm a fantasy football junkie, so I'm a huge fan of him. And then my wife can't stand him because she has to put up with it, right? And two of his biggest quotes are, we we go to the Octobox. Like, he kind of coined the phrase Octobox because it's eight games at once. And then also, we have reached the witching hour, which is kind of like in the like the third to fourth quarter. He calls it the witching hour. So my plan was to go up to Scott Hansen and, and get a little video and say, Hey, Cody, just to let you know, we've reached the witching hour. But, <laughs> dude, I was so nervous. Like, dude, I was, I was literally starstruck. I I'm didn't Scott know that Hansen. you liked Hansen that much. Yeah, man. man guy's awesome. I'm calling NFL Network oh, now and I'm going to get him on. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be so awesome. He's, he's Maybe I'll get him on Friday for the Celebrity Six Pack. Oh, wait, you're not going to be here. Not going to be here, man. Sorry. (laughs) Hall of Fame calls. And when he doesn't show, you can call me. I'll help you out again. The Hall of Fame calls. The Hall of Fame, really. Murray State Hall of Fame, yep. Outstanding. Congratulations. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Are you in the Hall of Fame? No, my wife is. We talked about this. My wife is, but I'm not. I'm surrounded by Hall of Famers. Yeah. That's why we keep Kuz on board, because we know (laughs) he ain't going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think he's in the kitchen right now with those chicken sandwiches. But yeah, maybe he's eating them Hall of Fame. Microwaver. <laughs> That's awesome, chance. man. Congratulations. Thank you awesome. very much. I appreciate it, man. Something to, to, I have a speech I have to give, obviously, so I better get on that eventually, but we'll see. All right, Johnny Bachman. Hey. Busy day, man. Busy day down there. Uh, it's nice to come up here and get a breath of fresh air. Uh, I usually try to come up here with a fun story that 
somehow pokes fun at Austin. But um, today, it's just about uh, this tragic story that's unfolding, and we've got uh, major new developments in it. Uh, number one, if you haven't heard by now, they have found human remains in Alabama near, well, where they were searching for Taylor. We don't know whose remains they are yet, but little five-year-old was missing, and, and that led them near to her mom's hometown, and they have found human remains in the woods not far from uh, from her hometown. The other thing that's developing is that three sources now tell us that Brianna Williams' mom was found unconscious at NAS Jacks and was rushed to UF Health. And that this happened all within just an hour or two after the announcement was made that remains had been found. So that's where we are right now with what we're reporting. We are hearing a whole bunch of things that we're still working to pin down. Um, and it's changing every minute, which is, I was talking to, texting Brent. I was like, I don't know if I can come up today because I just don't know. Uh, we're waiting to hear a few more details and it's 429 and I'm pretty sure by five o'clock we'll have even more on this, uh, as this thing has been unfolding all day. Uh, we've got crews in Alabama. We have crews at JSO. We have crews at UF Health. Uh, we have, uh, we're look, you know, looking at the timeline of all this. We have crews at the Brentwood home where mom reported her daughter missing last week. Um, we, we, we've got this story covered from every angle. We've got, um, we got everybody on it. And you can read between the lines. Yeah, obviously. There is no, uh, official word out of any of this. Not yet. Not yet. Um, I, I, here's what I'll tell you. You know, the first question everybody has is, well, they, you know, are these human remains tailors? That's obviously the first question. Um, we don't know that officially yet. Um, you know, look, what they're saying to us and what they actually know are two entirely different things at this point, perhaps, because, um, you, you know, I've talked to a couple of different experts in the field of investigations on, you know, what, what is really happening, you know, versus what they're telling us. Yeah. And the bottom line is, depending on what kind of remains they found, you'd be able to determine if it was a full grown adult or not mm-hmm. fairly quickly depending on what they found. So we don't, and we don't know what they found other than human remains. So there's that question. And then there's also the question of if they had access to family DNA of some kind, uh, they would, and they, you know, they know who they're looking for. They would be able to run the DNA test fairly quickly and get those results fairly quickly. So, uh, depending on what they found and what they actually have, we may get confirmation sooner than later. It may be hours. It may be days. It may be weeks. We don't know for sure. Um, I think, my opinion only is that they know more than they're telling us, which is usually the case in this situation. What exactly they know, though, we don't know at yeah, this point. Uh, one officially, of the, one of the part of this, uh, I, I think this goes from, you know, gosh, I hope they find the little girl, yeah, and to what this could end up being, uh, with without reading too much into it, and then will we ever know that now with this mom condition? Yeah, I, and who knows? I don't know. We don't know that condition, well, right? But at don't. the same time. I think there's a this story has been so followed now mm-hmm. for the last week mm-hmm. that from a family perspective there there'd be a, you you want some kind of sensible closure if that yeah. if you get to that point and I think even from our viewers listeners all the people that have really invested into this story now it feels like people are you'd like to know what in the world right like what yeah, if, if and we think what happened happened, what happened? And I and always say to that, you know, have faith in the system. Obviously, the system's not perfect, but um, you know, we we want the answers right now because we're in the day and age of Twitter, and yeah. and we're in the news business, and the cycle continues. But the reality is, we'll probably get some answers 
I guess what I'm saying, it goes back to my original point. I believe investigators know a whole lot more than they're telling us yeah. for a lot of reasons. They don't want to ruin their case. They, they're not 100% sure, so they're checking all their boxes before they release the information. There's a lot of reasons why they don't give everything right away. So I believe that in the near future, we will learn some of those things. Now, how much they actually know and how much they don't, obviously, we don't know at this point. But I believe we'll know a lot more. I think... Though it does bring in a lot of a lot of questions as to if, in fact, the remains are hers and if mom is at the hospital unable to give the full story, then it begs the question, were there, was there anybody else involved and do they have any information on that? And all those other questions could, could come up. But again, those are a lot of ifs at this point. Yeah, a lot of ifs. Uh, all right, John Bachman but, and yeah. uh, the entire Bottom line here is that, a, a, you know, five year old girl is still missing. You know, we we should learn fairly soon whether or not those remains are hers. The fact that they have they've they haven't said that they're not hers at this point. You know, yeah, is is something as well. So. Uh, full team of Action News Jacks uh, reporters on the on the scene and, yeah. and from Jacksonville, to Alabama, and, and covering this story. Five o'clock on CBS forty seven and Fox thirty tonight. John Bachman, Tanika Hughes, Mike Burrish will have your uh, look at your forecast, and that, the temperature is going to really drop. So uh, check out that forecast. We'll have some sports as well, but the big story, no doubt, uh, Taylor Williams case. Uh, coming up tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Tough one down in the newsroom right now. This yeah. is never a, uh, never a good story. If you're into praying, prayer for that family. Absolutely. There's a lot of people who are hurting right now, for sure. All right, man. So thanks for uh, thanks, stopping guys. up with, uh, with the latest news sports. on Action News Jacks. CBS 47, Fox 30, and also I'd uh, like to remind you, too, 104.5 WOKV as well with the latest information, uh, news and weather, and uh, especially on this uh, Taylor Williams case. We thought that was pretty important to bring that to you. So many people have been following it mm-hmm. and, and every detail of this, but uh, sure looks like it could be coming uh, to a, a pretty quick conclusion. Hey, uh, we're going to take a uh, timeout. When we come back, well, we got to wait a little bit because Coos is still warming huh. up chicken sandwiches. So. All right. Well, let's do it. You, you, don't, you don't need Coos? Yeah. For Ball and Fallen? I don't need Coos for Ball and Fallen. No, let's ah, get into well, it. Let's do it. All right. A little Ball well, and Fallen. Hey, call it Audible. Coos is doing a lot of important things right now. Yes. He, he is. Cooking up the chicken sandwiches. Yeah. We're about to have that happen yeah. in just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'll go be first. Okay. My, my, I'm going to do a little ball and get us on to basketball for a second. You yeah. have Ospreys beat Georgia Southern. Yeah. That's a good win. And they were 53% from three-point land, efficient mm-hmm. on offense. J.T. Escobar, fantastic story. Gene Fernette did a really good story on J.T. Escobar the last few days from the Florida Time Junior. Check it out uh, if you get the chance. And it uh, a lot about... Um, mental health and, and where he is and uh, he's in a good place now JT Escobar with uh, getting married and he hit 7 of 8 from 3 point land yesterday. Really good shooter really good player. He's a really good student but uh, good win for UNF. You know I think people say Georgia Southern, ah whatever it's not like they beat Purdue. Yeah. But Georgia Southern not bad and if Southern Miss coming up on Thursday these are these would be really good wins for UNF uh, if they can get it. Those are, these are kind of the, the 50-50 games. Mm-hmm. You know, they have games where like, okay, you should beat Florida National and you should beat teams like that. Then you have games where you're like, you play Florida and you're probably not going to win. And then there are these kind of games, these mid-level games, and you'd like to take care of business if you can and see how good you are. And I think these are helpful wins for UNF. So balling for UNF, JT Escobar, the birds of Trey from downtown on Monday night. I like it so... Do it, first of all, before we get, get into my ball, do they, do they call it the, the bird box yet or whatever? The whatever the the whole birch box thing was with the Sandra Bullock movie. Oh yeah, do, do, that's they, a good call. Do they ever do that or not? Uh, I, don't, I don't think that continued. I think bir- hashtag Birds of Trey yeah. has stuck. I hear you because of the threes that they yeah. had. But, but call it the birch box or something, man. Like get out, get that some was, of that Amazon Prime I, money. I kind of, I kind, I vaguely remember that conversation. Yeah. but that was about the time. 
Yeah. Right? That, that was playing off Sandra that whole Bullock. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what this is where, By the way, pop culture moron comes into play, yeah. so I need a little Welcome bit more back, information. Welcome back, Brett. Good to have you back. <laughs> but I remember that conversation. Yeah. Um, they still and they must have it. said, nah, we're not going to go that way with it. All right, fine. Don't it's make money. Osprey's hey, nest. Don't make money. It's not my problem. All right, so my, my ball, and it's more like maybe we'll see later. Maybe we won't. We'll see. But uh, Nate Diaz, and this is from a couple weeks ago after his fight against Jorge Masvidal, re- released an Instagram post, and I'll say this without offending anybody here or getting beeped, but uh, his Instagram post says this. Uh, F.A. rematch this Crap, but another word for crap, was over before it even started. I'm going out on tour, peace out fight game. And then it was a deuce, uh, you know, it was like the, the peace sign emoji. So a lot of people are speculating that he's retiring from MMA now. Of course, this is MMA, right? Like, guys retire and come back all the time. But I think it's a little telling for the fact that it was Nate Diaz's initial reaction. to You know, he, he, he wanted to fight him again right away. Like, he, he wanted to run it back. And now he's kind of changing his tune a little bit and saying, screw a rematch, he's done. So I get it's MMA and, you know, you never really retire. But at the same time, the fact that he said, screw a rematch and everything, and then he's, you know, he's out of the fight game. We'll see what happens. If this is indeed the last time we see Nate Diaz, I mean, he's one of the the, the pioneers of MMA, man. I mean, uh, just a born fighter, um, one of the best personalities of all time. So if, if he is indeed done... Happy trails to Nate Diaz, and if he's not, hopefully we see Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz 3. Well, the only thing I always wonder about these, and we've talked about this before, is mm. it's not wrestling in terms of the script, yeah. but it is marketing. It is marketing. And so marketing sometimes helps you do this and then come back. And, yeah. you know, you kind of build that a little bit, and you like there, there's the next moment, like, you know what, I'm thinking about coming back. Yeah. And then the next moment, I am coming back. No, for and sure. then the next moment, you're back. And so... There's a little bit of that. Like that's why I never really truly believe this stuff. But to be fair though, like Nate Diaz never bought in the like the whole reason why Nate Diaz is a is a household name and he's a marketing genius because he doesn't care about marketing. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's just being himself, right? So like, I have a hard time believing this is like a strategic plan on his that's part. That's fair enough. You know, because I mean that's just who he is. But it's like I said, it is the fight game and the, the, there's always money to be made. So who, who says he's done or not? But if he is. Happy trail stamp. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Here's my fallen. Okay. But I'm not really sure if it's fallen, but we'll have fun with it anyway. Okay. Is Jalen Ramsey fallen? Uh-oh. Speaking of being emotional, here we are, Brent. So, Why? What's well, going on? Because in L.A., this these are the numbers floating around. I have not added them up. I don't know if it's being spun or what. Okay. But 14 completions on 17 targets he's allowed. Okay. 202 yards and an NFL passer rating of 116.2 since he uh, uh, since he went to L.A. Now, he mm-hmm. does have a forced fumble. I think that was on a running play. Yeah, um, that was so, against Atlanta. Again, I mean, are we – let, let, me, let me morph this into two things, okay? <laughs> yeah. I am never going to come off the fact that I think Jalen Rims is a great player. So if and you say I, he's struggling, fine. You're giving me a three, four-game sample, whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe his back still hurts. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, he's a great player, in my opinion. I think what's fair to question right now, though, is <laughs> the Jags rather have Dante Fowler back <laughs> than Ramsey. Yeah. Fowler's or, been playing really good out there. Yeah. And and I, I again I'm being facetious here. I don't. They have Josh Allen now, yeah. and that's a great replacement for Fowler. And they did a nice job kind of getting getting out of the Fowler thing mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, and now finding Josh Allen. And you'll never really say, oh man, we miss Fowler. I don't think. 
But I, I have always said this about Fowler. Fowler did more than people wanted to give him credit for. Mm-hmm. He played a big role in some big games in Jacksonville. And although he wasn't, he wasn't Mac, you know, mm-hmm. he he wasn't even Yannick Ngakwe. I still think he was a better player than people want to give him credit for uh, in the grand scheme. And the other part of this for me is, it's pretty wild. I will admit this: since the Ramsey stuff died down. I will say that I don't feel like this football team, this city, anything is missing Ramsey. And I don't yeah. think they will the remainder of the year. You know, the best duo they play is Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Looks like T.Y. Hilton won't be around. We'll see. Brissett and Hilton, well, we'll see. Mike, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are pretty good, too. Okay, good call. Yeah. Evans and, and Winston. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a couple. Mm-hmm. They'll play, but nobody that's going to be – I wonder if – like Evans is a good one because he's a big physical guy, mm-hmm. so going against A.J. Boye. But A.J. Boye didn't make us miss Ramsey the other day against Hopkins a couple weeks yeah. ago, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, you weren't like, where's Ramsey? I'm, my, my thing is they have not said, where's Ramsey? Dang, mm-hmm. if Ramsey was here. And I'm a little surprised that we haven't said that yet, and we might not say that. Mm-hmm. And, again, this is from a guy who thinks he's a great player and they should have done anything they could to keep him. Yeah. But it is kind of ironic that at this point, and maybe even the remainder of 2019, Mm -hmm. this is looking like the Jags maybe got the better part of this deal, at least in the short term. Yeah, listen, I I don't know about Jalen Ramsey's stats, and I'll be honest, I really don't care. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, he's not with the Jaguars anymore, so it'd be like, do you know what... You know, Lattimore's doing right now for the Saints. Well, no, I really don't. Is he doing good or doing bad? Because I, I, yeah, he's a good player, but I don't care. You know, yeah. I'm not a, I don't cover the Saints. So from that, but from the stats perspective, okay, so he's not doing good. Fine. Um, but from this perspective, this is an interesting question, and I get it. Jalen Ramsey wanted out, and I'm sure he's happier in L. A. than he was in Jacksonville. Good for him. But if you're, if you have the choice right now, would you? And this is a wholeheartedly honest question. You, the Rams right now are five and four, Jaguars four and five. Correct. Mm-hmm. What team would you rather be on right now? And, and I'm not talking from like a front off. I'm just talking about uh, was a successful season. What team would you rather pick right now? I think it's a justifiable question. Yeah, I don't have. Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> because it sounds too homerish to say. Uh, you know what? I'd say the Rams because they're five and four. Let's just say that. Okay. But they're five and four in a game out. And in a, in a harder division, in my opinion. Hard division, to, to harder wild card. Yeah. NFC's better. Yeah. I don't what I don't have right in front of me is their schedule. Mm-hmm. But they probably have to play Seattle and San Fran yeah. still. You know what? Maybe you're right. Uh four and five. I, I wish it was five and four and then we could answer it a little bit better. Sure. But I get what you're saying and where you're coming from. There's new luck that you know, you just don't know. The unknown of Foles has me has me interested yeah. more than worried. Yep. And I think I know what I'm seeing in Jared Goff. And yeah. I think they made a mistake. Yeah. Uh you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe it is the Jacks. Maybe it is. And I don't know if there's a clear they have cut answer. Donald and they have Gurley and they do, but I think the big part of that Rams team was obviously their offense. And for whatever reason, and I thought the Steelers game was going to finally be that game where their offense starts clicking. It's like, okay, this is the Los Angeles Rams team that we saw go to the Super Bowl. And it's not there. So from that perspective, yeah, they're going to miss I, the playoffs, and I, I, in not, my opinion. And I'm not trying to homer up either, but I would honestly probably take the Jaguars because I think they have the better shot right now making the playoffs even though they're 4-5. and five. That's a great question. Yeah. Love the question. There you go. I might have to think about it even more. And then real quick for my fall before we got to go to break here, uh, Chase McLaughlin is, is falling. Well, it's funny because he's balling, right? He gets the 49ers in overtime. He kicks the uh, you know the game-tying field goal. 
And then all of a sudden it's overtime, a 47-yard kick, and he kicks it in the tunnel. Did you see where that ball I landed? I saw where it landed. Kicks it in the tunnel. I felt bad for him. Yeah, it's a bummer. You know what he kind of had with his helmet on? It reminded me of, What's you know, that? like the way his face fit in his helmet. Like I never saw him with his helmet off, yeah. but his face was like so smushed in his helmet that I felt like he was like the bitter bear face guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look, like he just did look the, like the little face. pug puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing a football helmet. <laughs> Especially after missing. Yeah, yeah. I, I did think they were wrong about the moment was too big. He had just no, kicked one, man. I know. He made a bad kick. He's still per- I got, he was yeah. three for three. He had kicked one. had no time left, right, to tie it yeah. at a 47-yarder. Uh, yeah. I don't think. But, I mean, maybe the when moment you kick was it in the tunnel, though, something's up, man. Yeah, he That's, snap hooked that oh, thing, man. That was bad. I did that at Top Golf last night. Ooh. Yeah, but it didn't hurt as much, and not, less people saw it. There we go. That's and what when matters. we come back, here we go. Top five. Time, time to change the world. Chick Wendy's. Let's change the world, bro. Sandwich is it going to be? Let's the change taste the world. Test. Next on ESPN 690. This Nick's leadership role, um, he has no problem stepping up in front of the team. Even before we left, you know, he kind of held the team back. Just kind of gave us a little rundown on, you know, what he expects when we get back, just the expectations. And um, just pretty much we, 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 we were in a better position than we think we are. And I think that last game really left a sore, sour taste in our mouths. But Nick was just saying, you know, like, don't let that get to you. We're still in the hunt. We're still in the race. These next couple games are very crucial. So take time away, get away from ball, and just do what you got to do. So when we come back, we're ready to roll for these next seven games. That's Miles Jack. Will the Jags be ready to go win some games? They sound calm, cool, and collected. Mm-hmm. But that can turn into panic in a hurry if you don't win soon. Mm-hmm. How must win is this for the Jags? It's the season, as far as I'm concerned. Like, okay, I always say this, okay? We do this thing sometimes on TV where we have a panic button and we hit. Well, when <laughs> I've got to say, I already used my panic button when it was two and four. Like, I hit the panic button because they couldn't lose to Cincy. Yeah. And really, they couldn't lose to the Jets. To get back to 500 at that time with a rookie quarterback still, where was the season going with all the Ramsey stuff floating around? He'd been traded, all that kind of thing. I thought that was the time. So I used mine. You only get one. Mm. So if and you haven't used yours yet. Well, I also said the game in London was probably the biggest game of the year. Yeah, it might have been the biggest game of the year, but it wasn't panic. The season. Okay, still, okay, you know I got you. I, mean? I got you. There's I, a difference. I, yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I think okay. that was a huge game. That's changed everything we're talking about. We would be so we'd be like, all right, let's go get your mm. playoff tickets ready. Yeah. If uh, Houston had had turned into a W, nobody's thinking that right now. So would you use your panic button right here and say this? Or would you wait until they lost this game and then the panic would set in? And see, that's what I'm wondering with this football team is they feel calm, cool, and collected. They're getting Nick Foles back. But I feel like if they don't win this football game and they look up and they're four and six, all of a sudden in buildings and professional sports, things can get tight. And I wonder if that happens. That's how big of a game I think this is for the Jags. I agree with that. But I also agree with the fact that as far as hitting the panic button here, I think this is a game that they should easily win. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yes, the Colts are a, a good team. They have good offensive line, good defensive line. We're not sure about Jacoby Brissett yet. I think they're going to reveal that on Wednesday if he's going to be playing or not. Obviously, that's a big thing. If he's out, well, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. This is uh, you know, a, a team that lost to the Dolphins without Jacoby Brissett. T.Y. Hilton is for sure not playing in this game. That's, that's their go-to guy. Okay, and... 
They're 0-7 without him, apparently. Well, there you go. That's what I call a go-to guy. And to be fair, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is when T.Y. Hilton's in there. And we can go back from years and years. It seems like when T.Y. Hilton's in the game, it doesn't matter who's throwing to him. He he produces, all right? So T.Y. Hilton being out, now the wide receiving core drops drastically. You got Eric Ebron still, who had a rough game against Miami, trying to get back on track. But the only thing I feel like the Colts got going from right now, Brent, is the fact that they're playing at home. And I think that they're going to come in ticked off because they got beat by the Dolphins. I'll give them that. But this is a game that the Jacksonville Jaguars should win. And I think if we're talking about that and they they don't win this game and they look bad losing this game, then it's time to hit the panic button. Because if you lose to the Colts in Indy, what makes you think the Jaguars are going to beat Tennessee at Tennessee? Simple as that. You know, I I, I will say this. I... I think if I will, I, I, I think the panic thing changes. Now, again, you could maybe hit it after the game if you lose, but my point is panic starts to set in if you, if you lose this game. And yeah. I think everything changed. The mentality, I don't think you hear the calmness of Miles Jack. I don't think you hear the calmness and keeping everything together of Doug Marone. I think you start to see it on people's faces and it's like, oh crap. Mm-hmm. We don't, we didn't want to be here. And, mm-hmm. and again, things can get tight. What I disagree with, I don't think that, there's, the Jags are the Jags right now, and you, there is no such thing as an easy win for the Jags. There's no, they they might on paper. I yeah, I agree with everything you said on paper. Mm-hmm. But I saw what happened in the NFL this weekend, and I've got. It's not that I don't have confidence in the Jags. I've said all along I think they're a pretty good football team. But a pretty good football team or a good football team can still lose any week, and this is one of this would be their best win of the year, quite frankly, if they win this. To me, it comes down to stopping Marlon Mack. You know, it's as simple as that. And if the Jaguars come out that played against the Cincinnati Bengals or the New Orleans Saints, I think they'll be fine. But they come out like they played against Carolina, or they come out like they played against uh, Houston. But yeah, then Marlon Mack can have a field day. I just think right now it's set up for the Jaguars to win this ballgame. Mr. Microwave has done his job. It's Popeyes. It's Wendy's. It's Chick-fil-A. The taste test is next. And when I say Mr. Microwave, I wasn't talking about Vinnie Johnson. It's coming up on ESPN 690. How about that reference right there? I like it. The answer is it better with a non-throwing part of it than a throwing? I I think absolutely. I think, you know, the stress on your your throwing shoulder, you know, is obviously a lot more than than your off shoulder. I I think that's really all I, I know about that. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, Doug Marone says. I think that's what he said, kind of. Nick Foles. You do have to wonder, Nick Foles, man, that clavicle being his non-throwing shoulder yeah. probably really helps. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, because it's like we talked about before. It's it's the bone, so it's not like it's a tendon or anything like that. Once the bone heals, I'm sure it's going to be stronger than ever. All right, we're about to do the chicken sandwich taste test yes blind taste test and that's why i've got my gardner Minshew bandana yep. on for a blindfold coming yep. up soon and i have a you scarf look like you're going snowboarding uh, well yeah and i have a scarf that i'll never need in jacksonville but i found it in my closet um and we're going to go with the best original we have original and spicy yep so it's kind of two different contests and then there's going to be uh like a top first place overall then at the end okay best in show if you will best in show very best good show. what's the dog show thing uh the westminster yeah, kennel club westminster, or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh but i do want to there's a disclaimer here I really had little to do with this, so there's a good chance it could be a disaster. Yeah, because I had everything to do with it, no, so really, I you apologize. You and Coos have put yeah. this together. Like, yeah, you have done the ground rules and everything, yeah. and I've stayed completely out of it. Yeah. 
So and just, that's less of a compliment for me and more just an indictment on you guys. Well, so then here's what you have to do. Just sit back, let the kids drive the car, and we won't take it off the road, hopefully. All right, before we do that, yeah. I might need a drink. So <laughs> let's get the happy hour horn going. Shot tip your star tenders. Absolutely, and get some Vita de Luis tequila. We might need some right after this. <laughs> it's got a 98 rating recently, which is pretty awesome. Locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in Tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. Vita de Luis.com, the place to go for more on where you can find Vita de Luis and the three flavors and also merchandise. As well. All right. Speaking of recipes, who's got the best chicken sandwich recipe? Here we go. Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, or the craze that is Popeye's. And now we we spared no expense here. Keep this in mind. This is the original recipes, Brent. Next will become the spicy, but right now these original recipes, we will not know what we're eating. We'll be blindfolded. Steaks <laughs> have never been higher. Are you guys going to be able to find the microphones? This is the problem. Yeah, that's fine. I'm more concerned about finding the chicken sandwich. But yeah, all right. I guess that's fair. All right, cool. So now we're going to take our headphones off, and you're going to tell the audience. Hold on. Don't do it yet. Okay. Kuz, you're going to tell the audience uh, what one, two, and three are, and then we won't know, and then we'll yes. give our observations and go from there. Are we going to be able to hear Kuz? We hopefully, don't have to. Hopefully not. Yeah. Well, we why, gotta, why would we have to? Because he's loud. Well, I can whisper it if you want me to. No, I, we got to turn down the things in here. Oh, you're uh, – here, hold on. That should help a little bit. We Does that work? <laughs> Austin can't see anything. Right well, I thought that was the point, man. I'm, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, but you can't see, you can't hear the, you can hear it still. So if he's gonna talk to people, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. Ready? All right, so Austin, take your headphones off so you don't know. Well, yeah, I gotta share. Turn this, them um, down. Okay, I'm gonna. You gotta share, share it, it on Twitter first. Yeah, you can do that later. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I guess Brent doesn't care about the views. That's the only reason why we're doing this. Okay, ready? <laughs> headphones are coming off. All right, and then okay. All right, all right. So headphones are off. You guys cannot hear me right now. The list is. You got to talk a lot quieter, Coos, because I kind of can't hear you. Yeah. Okay, the. I'll block my ears. Okay, yeah. the first one is going to be Chick Fil A. The second one's going to be Wendy's, and the third one's going to be Popeyes. All right, you guys are good. Can are we you good? Hear? Yep, 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 yep. Hey. Are we good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, <laughs> all right. Okay. Hopefully, I can find my mouth here. <laughs> all right. Brent, all right. I mean, th this could never. Like the stakes have never been higher on our TV show. Brent's already eaten. You got to remember. Friends already eating. What we say, I mean, companies could be going out of business here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Nothing better than listen. You better narrate this, Coos. Well, yeah, that's why I was. Other than that, people are listening to us. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're listening to chewing. So, here, here's Austin. A little salty. A little salty, number one. Good I got a pickle in there. There's a pickle in there. Yep, yeah. That eliminates one, I think. I don't know if it does or not, but I'll be honest, though. I'm pretty sure I know which one that one is because that's like an old friend. That's like Sean Connery going, hey, old chum, it's good to see you again. All right. I can 
I think I know what that one's going to be. That was good. That was good. That, that was, was actually that was... a lot better than I thought since it was in the fridge all day and then in the you microwave. microwave. Not bad. Yeah, I was kind of worried how the microwave would right. Right. That was a good one. All right, move on Number to the two? second one. Number two. We're working on the second one, I think. Austin I has it. There you go. Oh, I, should, I should definitely like, clean my palate quick. Yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as water here. I'm going to eat whatever I got in front of me. <sighs> okay. Hopefully that's number two. Hopefully I can't I'm talking see. To the microphone yeah, here. I can't see Brent's right, number, number so. Mm. Number two. Here we go. Getting the results. Hopefully. I'm tasting mayo on this one. Oh, I know where that goes. <laughs> Are you big mayo guy? I'm going to be honest. Number two. No. <laughs> it reminds yeah. me of McDonald's. Not a big fan did, of number two. Did you throw McDonald's in the mix? No, no, no McDonald's here. Is there, like, lettuce on this? There is. Uh, I believe there is lettuce on that one, yes. Uh, that was that was just okay. I think uh, no. the first one I ate was better. Where's the microphone? Th- that was underwhelming. I'm going to be honest. I, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, it was... Uh, I got, are we worried about sponsors here, Brad? <laughs> yeah, I want to endorse them Okay, all. okay, okay. Well, you know, it, they tried their best. They were okay, all number great. Three. All, right. all right, moving on to number three. Then all we right. then we got to get the results of everything that you guys think between all of these. Oh, oh. Wait, we, we, yeah, it's hard to get the the sandwich being blindfolded. Yeah. All right, there we go. Both have taken a bite. I think Brent took a bite. Yep, there we go. Okay. Making a mess over here, by the way. Yeah, the janitor's gonna love you guys. So. Mm. <laughs> Who's give us a spicy one? No. No, I did not. This has a little kick to it. I, I like that. I promise so, I did not. That one was by far the best one, hands down. Third one? Um, good consistency in the chicken. Still juicy, even though it's been sitting in the fridge and then back in the microwave, so Kuz nuked it. I feel like number two, like you sabotage or something. I'm taking another bite of this third one. The maybe, third one's legit. Maybe the second one didn't have a, you know, microwave-friendly materials in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, maybe not. So, to me, I'm going three for sure. Three is the best one by far. One was definitely Chick-fil-A, and that's number two. And then I assume that means that the first, or the second one that we ate was Wendy's, and that's definitely last place. Gosh, I'd like to be a little different here, but <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're right. I feel like the third the, one was Popeye's and probably the best. Yeah. I feel like uh, the middle one was Wendy's and probably the worst. And I think it's a close second with Chick-fil-A. Really? I think, yeah, I thought Chick-fil-A was good. Oh, really uh, good. hey, spoiler alert. The, the Popeye's one, which I think it is, it's got a pickle in it, too. No, they both have pickles. I, I didn't even taste the pickle until I just right now. So yeah, I good. just got, I got the All pickle. Right. So, uh, I'm going three. I'm going three one, and one, two. Two, yep. That would be first place being Popeye's. Yeah, okay. Second place being Chick-fil-A. Yep. Third place being Wendy's. Pretty easy for you guys to pick can that one out. I take the blindfold off now? Yeah. Yeah, you I can take the blindfold off. We, we did it. All right. All right, that was fantastic radio. Yeah. So we went Popeyes. Popeyes. Chick-fil-A is one. Chick-fil-A. No, yeah, Chick-fil-A is one, yes. And Wendy's was two. So the first one you had was Chick-fil-A. The last one you had was Popeyes. Popeyes you was know, the best. You know, here's the thing the about uh, uh, Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. Yeah. There's a lot more chicken in the chicken sandwich. You know, the Good patty's call. a little bit thin on the yeah. Wendy's side. Yeah. So you get a lot of the, the, uh, the fried nature of it. Exactly. Know? You know, um, and the pickles. You know what the pickles add a lot to it. Oh, that's what we call zest. No, I like pickles. Yeah, it's, it's zest. I appreciate that. I'll be honest. I'm a little disappointed by the Wendy's, and maybe it's because we reheated it. But I thought like the lettuce just didn't do anything you tell for me, it. Fitz oversold it. 
I mean, we'll see the spicy chicken sandwiches. I would like sandwiches. to point out, I heated all of them for a minute 45 each. There was no oh, I you like know, that two too, minutes or anything. Everything yeah. was the same. Okay. So right. let's be honest. It was clearly the Popeye's chicken sandwich. It was uh, clearly Popeye. Well, I, I will say I thought I thought Chick-fil-A was closer yeah. than you did. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I knew it was Chick-fil-A right away. Like, it, it just had that taste. When you, you said know, old friend, I was like, you're friend. right about it, that. It is an old friend, yeah, man. Really it is tell. the old standby, which, which isn't a bad thing. It's just you kind of know what you're expecting there. All right. All right. Uh, before, we hit, before we hit the other one, or do you want to go the other one right now? Or do you have them ready? I have them right here. I could I bring them in. I think it's best to take a break. But before yeah, we, we take a break. break. I want to talk a little sports for the people that really yes. don't want to talk chicken sandwiches. Yep. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, MVP. Which one's the Popeyes? <laughs> <laughs> if it's me right now and I'm voting, I got to take Wilson just because I think with the pressure on him, like, and that's not to say Jackson's had pressure as well, but they've really thrown the whole offense on Wilson's shoulders. Like there is not Chris Carson was supposed to be that nice back to compliment Russell Wilson. For the most part, he hasn't really been that guy this year. Now, he's had some pretty good games, but I, I don't think they envisioned Chris Carson to maybe be lacking in the help department as much as he has been lacking. So from that perspective, I'm putting Russell Wilson all day. You know, it's uh, – I want to find out. I, I think it's Russell Wilson, and um, I've got to try to – do you remember a clutch play um, from Lamar Jackson this year? Uh, against the Seahawks um, when they played him in Seattle. And I can't remember like what exactly because they've beaten people twenty nine nothing twenty six. I'm sorry, no, that was the uh, preseason fifty nine ten uh, touchdown game against the Cardinals. I don't remember. Then they lost. They lost. Lost to the Browns, by the way. Uh, they beat the Steelers in OT. There might have been a clutch play. I just don't remember sure. it. Um, the Bengals by only six, believe it or not. Seahawks by two touchdowns, mm-hmm. and he played really well. That was the coming what out. What about party. the Patriots? And yeah, but they they kind of beat them. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm talking clutch. Yeah. Like last night I saw Russell Wilson make several clutch plays. <laughs> now he threw a bad pick, but it was more of a great play to me. I, I know it was a little underthrown, yeah. and you can't throw it in that spot, mm-hmm. but he's so great he gets away with it anyway. But the third and 17 play was ridiculous by yep. Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. and it showed you what you said where he's carrying his team. And I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's not carrying his team. See, we yesterday said Lamar Jackson's changing the game. I don't necessarily believe that. I feel like the game has already started to change. He's part of that. He's a, an exclamation point on that. Mm-hmm. He has changed their football team. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. But he also has some people that haven't asked him yet to say, hey, go lead us on a two-minute offense, and we gotta, you got to go make a play. I don't think. I don't remember that, mm-hmm. where I'm remembering a lot of these now all of a sudden. I mean, they beat the Bucks late last week. They just won again late yesterday. He, Russell Wilson's making those plays, and it does feel a little bit more like Russell Wilson and everybody else rather than Lamar Jackson and everybody else on the Ravens. Correct. Yeah, you're absolutely right because they still have that run game to depend on as well, and they have a solid defense for the Ravens. You know, I think the, the Seahawks for their whole MO for how many years now, Brent, has been they play good defense, they run the ball, and Russell Wilson's a good compliment guy to that. Well, now Russell Wilson's the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL – and he's playing like it, you know, and I'll be honest. I think it was a risk to pay Russell Wilson that much money and say, you know what? We've always relied on our run game and our defense, but now we want you to be the guy. And you look at the guys that they surrounded him with, with the wide receivers. Yeah, Tyler Lockett's good. DK Metcalf, big surprise. I'll, good, I'll, good I'll be honest. I didn't foresee DK Metcalf having this good a season. And then as far as the tight ends are concerned, I mean, 
put in your random generic name right now because I don't know half of them. Like, I know Luke Wilson was there for a little bit. I don't know if he got hurt, but... one of your tight ends wearing 48? Hollister yeah. or something? 48? Yeah, yeah, 48. 48 tight end or is he Dude, a fullback by nature? I think he's a tight end. Anytime you're rocking the 48, like, you're... No, no offense to Hollister because he had a touchdown. Yeah. But, uh... You're on the bottom barrel of the depth chart if you're rocking 48, <laughs> rocking a tight end number. So just saying. But it, it just goes to show you, you know, Russell Wilson is truly elevating the play of the guys around him. Now, I will say this. Tyler Lockett's a good player. Great player. Great. Yeah. 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 And, and and I think what you have to give credit for Seattle. It, again, they've done. I did this to Pittsburgh yesterday. And you know what? We'll have this conversation maybe even a little bit later, but if not later on the week. I think you can see the Jags starting to do this, mm-hmm. kind of replenish stuff and maybe in a good way. I think there's signs of it. I'm not saying it's there yet, but some of those expensive players, say the Malik Jacksons of the world, trying to replace Telvin Smith, trying to replace Tayshawn Gibson and Barry Church and those kind of guys, I think they're starting to do a little bit of that. Um, There's still a story to be written. But I said Pittsburgh has done that, right? Mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger bought them time to do that. Well, Russell Wilson bought Seattle time to do that, and you have to give them credit because they are doing it. And they've also taken some risks that are paying off. DK Metcalf was a risk to a degree. Now, where they got him was probably more value. Correct. But it's still well, a lot of people passed up on Metcalf, and mm-hmm. they said, you know what? And he's done a, a nice job, probably better than people think. Josh Gordon, they've taken a risk. He made a nice big catch yesterday in that game down low, remember, yeah. late in the game. Yep. Uh, and Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. You know, they brought him in. Who knows where that's going to end up, right? But it's paying off this but year. But it certainly paid off for them. So you have to give them credit for going out, taking some risks. They were actually in the Antonio Brown conversations. There mm-hmm. were some thoughts about that. If he were to got cleared by the for the sexual um, assault case, yeah, I think. Correct. So they're willing to go out there. But you know why they're willing to do all that stuff? Pete Carroll. Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, Russell but, Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson can cover a lot of those. Much like the Patriots say Tom Brady. Yeah. Russell Wilson has become that guy where you bring – it doesn't matter who you bring in here, whether they're a good guy, bad guy, mm-hmm. okay player, great player, not great player. Russell Wilson's going to make it all right. Tom Brady, yeah. the belief in Foxborough is and, – and Pete Carroll too. Mm-hmm. The belief in Foxborough is Belichick and Brady are going to make it all right. It doesn't yeah. matter who you bring in here. And – I think they're starting to get that belief out in Seattle. And, and I truly think and maybe I've long had it, when, when you talk about great coaches, like obviously Belichick's in an echelon by himself, so just leave him out of this list. But when you talk about great coaches, we're talking about Harbaugh. We're talking about Pete Carroll. And I think what makes them so great, maybe possibly more than anything, is obviously they have a great culture and stuff like that, but it's the ability to reinvent themselves, right? Like, Pete Carroll's a defensive-minded guy, right? Like, he was, he's the, the bread and butter has always been that defense. That's not who the Seahawks are anymore. I mean, it's as simple as that. They're, they're an offensive-oriented team. And yeah. granted, yeah, Clowney's playing well, and Bobby Wagner's still one of the best linebackers in the league, but they are an offensive-minded team. And the same thing with the Baltimore Ravens now, where they're always that power run, you know, beat you in the trenches, play good defense. Well, now you see a more explosive Baltimore Ravens uh, offense, and maybe they had to sacrifice a little bit on defense. So it's teams willing to reinvent themselves, which with the egos of head coaches, with the egos of GMs and, and ownership and all that stuff – Sometimes it's a rare thing to do. So um, it's props to Pete Carroll. It's it's props to Harbaugh for being able to adapt and saying, you know what, let's go down this road even though we're not accustomed to it. Let's make it work. I think there's a common thread, though, in all three. And especially if you go Patriot. I'm thinking I'm lumping the yeah, Patriots. Okay. Patriots in Seattle. The common thread, but even in Baltimore, and that is almost a security blanket of sorts in their coaches, Pete Carroll, 
feels like he's got a lifetime contract in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick has a lifetime contract in New England. And John Harbaugh has been there a lifetime mm-hmm. and has built up a lot of equity. Sure. If you don't have that, it's really hard to take these risks, to go outside the norm, to recreate when you're fighting and fighting and fighting for your job. Mm-hmm. So there's one other element of this, and Baltimore doesn't count in this one, but Brady and Russell Wilson. When you have the quarterback, they can allow you to do things, allow you to change, allow you to morph into something you haven't been. I feel like we've seen that with the Patriots several times over. They started off as a defense and a game manager in Brady. They then went to the, I'm going to be Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City Chiefs and beat you by scoring 50 a game. And now they've morphed back into a power running team and a defensive football team, even with Tom Brady. They allow you to do that. And I'll add Pittsburgh in there because I think Roethlisberger and Tomlin kind of allow you to do that as well. They have changed. They went from defense and Tomlin Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden throw all over the yard and now back to defense. And there's common threads in that. One is a coach that probably isn't going to get fired if you go 4-12 and and you screw it up. Mm -hmm. And the other one is you might have a Hall of Fame quarterback on your roster, with the exception of Baltimore. But Brady, Roethlisberger, and... And Russell Wilson. But you also have a front office that's willing to take the risks. In front right? office. But yep. that's willing to take the risks because signing Minka Fitzpatrick when all hopes seem to be lost with your backup quarterback and Rudolph not playing well um, with a team that lost, you know, Big Ben as their starting quarterback for the entire season. And then, you know, getting Minka Fitzpatrick in that trade and dra- sacrificing some of that draft capital, that's a risk. You know, going after DK Metcalf, that was a risk. So I, I agree with you where you have to have the quarterback and everything. But fortune also favors the bold. It does. But I'm just – I think they can co- – why Why aren't more teams bold? Because they don't have those two pieces. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm trying to think of a piece – like a team that might have that, that hasn't – like, uh, you know, I, I got it. Another team that fits in that model is uh, uh, Peyton and, and Breeze in mm-hmm. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Throw it all over the place, beat you. Sure. Now, I think they're more of a defensive team really at heart. Yeah. They might not want to admit it, and they can score, but they are more, we're going to stop your butt, mm-hmm. you know? So it's fascinating to me that it, it's hard to take chances in the NFL when your job's always on the line. From a quarterback perspective, that you don't know what you're going to get. And from a coach's perspective, that I don't know if I'm going to be here at the end of the year. Sure. Well, I'm not going to go way outside the box. I'm going to try to play it a little bit more conservative, what I know, what we've been. And I think you're you're at such an advantage with some of those other teams that you can reinvent yourself. Because you have yeah. this quarterback that everything works around. Uh, I'm just saying, though, if, if you want to go through the history of the, of the NFL and Super Bowl winning coaches, the last thing you're ever going to say is that they're just the run of the mill, don't take risks. That's you know, I mean, if we're talking about some of the great, and I, and I get it, sometimes it just comes down to can you win eight games a season and be comfortable? And, and if that's for you, then so be it. If you want to finish 500 and finish in the middle of your division, then so be it. But I'm talking about the great coaches, like the Doug, even like the Doug Peterson, he went with the Eagles. Like, yeah, like great organizations. Fortune, great. F- fortune will favor the bold. And it, it's the coaches that take risks that have success. Now, on the other side of the coin, sometimes coaches take risks, Chip Kelly, uh, and it, it crashes and burns. Yeah. You know, so I mean. But he didn't have equity to take that risk. Good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like Sean McVay didn't have equity, but they tried something different in exactly. LA and it worked. Well, what if it doesn't now? How sure. are you going to reinvent yourself and are you going to have time to reinvent yourself? Mm-hmm. We'll see if that plays out. But going yeah. after Jalen Ramsey, risk. You risk, know, so bold. there you go. Bold, yeah. Do you think, you really think the Patriots, though, have been bold over the years? Like, was that well, how you characterize them? That's why I got threw them out, man, because they're, they're their own entity. Now, they, um, they have been bold with guys. Like, they brought on, Rand, it, from their acquisitions, Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Um, they, you know, tried Antonio Brown. You know, yeah. they'll do things like that. 
that maybe other teams will give up on. Yeah. But again, I think it's because they got those cornerstone pieces. You're willing to do it. Belichick sure. and Brady. And not, don't mess with us. Yeah. We got Belichick and Brady. And I, I, I just don't know if Seattle's getting enough credit for that. They are New England of the West in a way yeah. without all the trophies. But they have that comfortability around their head coach, their quarterback, mm-hmm. their organization. They feel good about who they are and yeah. what they are, that they'll almost try anything because of it. And then to be fair, though, it almost with New England, the way they set that whole place up, though, in that culture, it's almost like if you're a player, you have to be bold because you're willing to take the pay cut to go play for the Patriots than go play somewhere, somewhere yeah. else. And you really know? willing so, to maybe not, not have as of, much fun. Well, not a lot of teams <laughs> offer that kind of thing. Like, hey, come play for us. Yeah, you won't get paid as much. You won't have as much fun, but... Super Bowls. It's a great dynamic with Seattle and New England. The more and more we talk about it, the more and more I think about it. I mean, it yeah. just kind of came up. But Seattle's kind of the cooler version of that. Correct. Right? It's Pete Carroll, man. It's yeah. Pete Carroll. It's yep. Seattle. It's Nike's out there. And mm-hmm. All that stuff's out there. And, and you got the uniforms, sure. the 12th man, the crowd, mm-hmm. all this stuff. It's new. Yeah. And it's just the cooler version. Again, without all the Lombardis, they don't deserve to be on the mantle with New England. Mm-hmm. But they kind of have feel of New England in, in a way. Uh, because their success and how they've reinvented themselves. Hey, when we come back, the spicy part of the challenge. And then the best in show. And then the best in show. The chicken challenge. Popeye's, <laughs> Wendy's, Chick-fil-A. Popeye's on top for now. Part two. Next on ESPN 690. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't say it changes the game plan, but just whichever quarterback's in, we'll, like, we'll play accordingly. But, uh, I mean, no matter what they do, we're going to play our style of football, and we're going to do what we need to do to get the job done. So, I mean, whoever in there, they in there. That's DJ Hayden. Last night on Jags Report Live at Top Golf, CBS 47, the place to be for that show every Monday. Come on out, 7 o'clock on CBS 47, Jags Report Live. Good to have DJ Hayden on the show. A uh, couple uh, uh, bits of news coming up, including uh, this one I'll share quickly. Remember we had Scott Strickland on? We are talking yeah. about how he had reached out on social media, get, try to get more scheduling, Power 5 teams. Well, uh, earlier today, the Gators uh, did add Arizona State to their schedule. So out of the Pac-12 in 2028 and 2031, you know me, I'm always like, Really? 2020? Like, what are we, are we supposed to put that on the calendar? Yeah, go ahead and mark that calendar real quick. I mean, the quick. journey tickets August 24th were far <laughs> enough away. But, it stresses me out so bad. Uh, but it, I, what I think it is, it's kind of cool that we just had that conversation two weeks ago. Strickland went on social media, and then he got some results pretty quickly sure. with the Arizona State stuff. So, And I don't know if that was just directly related to that. There were conversations going on anyway, mm-hmm. but there's a little bit of an update. And they are trying and trying and trying. And... Uh, you wonder where this is headed. It kind of goes back to our conversation. You need better wins, right? To me, it's almost more about wins than losses because so many people are going to be jumped, bunched together with zero losses and one loss mm-hmm. that are going to be playing for this thing. So it's more about the wins, and you need to beat people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the way these conferences are, every conference conference has some really weak teams. I mean, the ACC is just awful in general. The Pac-12 is nothing great. The Big 12 really isn't anything great. The Big 10 has some teams in it, but not enough across the board. And the SEC, to be quite honest with you, has the Arkansas of the world. I mean, and Mississippi State and Ole Miss are not good this year at all. I mean, there's Vanderbilt's terrible. Mm-hmm. So they've got the layups, too. And I think you just got to keep adding. It's all about the wins. And so Florida adds that's later down the road. But their schedule's starting to beef up. And then we had, you know, the Florida State, Alabama, which I think is 2021 and 22, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 21 and 23. 
So I like this. I like that we're getting good schedule and more good games in college football. Yeah, right on. It's just the fact that it's going to happen in like six years from now. Well, so. yeah, that part. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows where I'll be then? Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, probably, uh, well, maybe working at Popeye's. Yeah, after this maybe segment. eating something like the, the next biggest trend, which I don't know, maybe Popeye's is going to make a burger eventually. Okay, so here's where we're at. We have some Colin Kaepernick news to tell you about, too. I think this is pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to that, but sorry, Colin. The spicy sandwich chicken sandwich taste test comes first yes sir and, and so what we have done is we just did the original yes taste test and we both agreed that popeyes was popeyes was one category two yeah and wendy's bring wendy's up the rear three. yeah correct so now we had a lot of people upset by the way really a lot of people are like how are you gonna hate on wendy's and then they're saying it's rigged because there's a microwave involved well, yeah but they're all microwave though right all at one minute and 45 seconds. So what are, what are we complaining about? Well, by the way, I want to be, for the record, I did not complain. You complained about Wendy's. I Dude, did. You started this whole thing. Okay, that's fine, because it reminded me of like a McDonald's chicken sandwich. I'm not saying it was the worst thing ever, but compared to the Popeyes and Chick-fil-A, I would take those over Wendy's every single day of the week. Now, maybe the spicy chicken sandwich has something else that I'm not sure of, but we'll, we'll see. We're going right? to find out how politically correct Austin is coming we'll up see. now. We are about to find out we'll see. how politically correct he is. People can get mad all they want. I'm just telling it like it is. <laughs> all right, Coos, set it up, baby. Okay, well, on, you uh, guys got to take the headphones, headphones off. off. Hold on, I got now. I do have to tweet, and this is important. Oh, okay. So you keep talking that. about your chicken sandwich. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, yeah, well, you, yeah, we can't say anything yet until he's done. Well, no, I can't tell you the order, but yeah. this is going to be the spicy sandwiches. Okay, exactly. And this is what I'm more excited for. Chick Fil A, by the way, is not easy to type. It's no, not because it really it's isn't. like the dash and the yeah and the capitalize and everything. So this is what I was excited about, and this is where I put the hardcore fans in mind because if you're over the you know if you're over the age of twelve and you're not into spicy chicken sandwiches, then what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like if you pay your taxes, if you're a good family man, <laughs> and <laughs> and you enjoy fast food every once in a while, then it's the spicy chicken sandwich. Like to, to me, I, I'll be honest right now. Spoiler alert. The winner of this one's going to win everything, in my opinion, because I prefer the spiced chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. I assume the Popeyes will be the same, and I assume the Hardee's will be the same as well. I'm the Hardee's. The Wendy's will be the same as well. <laughs> so this is where it comes down to, in my opinion. Now, maybe I'll be surprised, but if I'm a betting man, one of these sandwiches here, Brent, will be the best chicken sandwich. All right, it's go time. All right. Okay. So, hey, let me, my headphones off. Yeah, Gardner let me take you. it here. So you guys can't hear me. They can't hear me right now. You can't hear me? No, I can definitely hear oh, you. Oh, you can hear me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, you got to take your headphones oh, yeah. off. Okay, Are there we go. Are these out in front of me? What's they're that? Right no, they're right on the they're side. They're right out there. Yeah, I, oh, no, I, I didn't bring them over yet. Okay, so the first one, Brent, hopefully you can't hear me. The first one's going to be uh, Popeye's. The second one's going to be Wendy's. Right, and the third one's going to be Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So once Brent gets his uh, stuff back, you're good to go, Brent. We good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys right, are so good. so can we put the headphones back on, actually? Yeah, put the headphones back ah, on. Yeah, cool. All right. Headphones back on. No, I, I can't have headphones on while I eat. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Wait, why is that? All right. So that sounds like a personal <laughs> problem, Brett. All right. So we're going to number one so right go now. With, yeah, go with number one. I'm, I'm just trying gonna, to get the texture of this thing. I'm going to the smell first. Yeah. Strong smell. Well, here's the uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell I'll tell the the other side of this when we get done taste testing. Found a pickle. Found a pickle too. Not a big fan of pickles. No, they're great. It's, it's like a little zest factor. I'm, I'm a fan oh, of this. Okay. Brent doesn't look like he likes it. I might. No, I like it. Oh, okay. I might need another bite of this one. <laughs> I don't care which one this one is. 
this, in my opinion right now, this is better than the first three that I just had of the original. This is good. This okay. is really, really good. And I don't know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be honest. This is, this could be the Wendy's one. I hope but it's the Wendy's is, one for your a, sake. Hey, this is a good chicken sandwich. <laughs> all right, I'm going with the, the second one. I'm not. Hang on. I have one more bite. <laughs> all right, all right. So Brent's We're going to speed in. this along. I got yeah, a Kaepernick our, conversation to yeah, get to. Brent's getting in on number two here. All right, I'm going to number two myself. I just got to. All right, I'm a little disappointed. This one's starting to fall apart on I me. To clean my palate. I, I, I was going to say I have no idea where your water bottle went. Okay. Brent, some like ginger slices in here to clean my palate. Sorry, man. No ginger slices. Brent doesn't didn't make a face with this one. It's not that spicy, I will say. The second one. The second one, okay. Yeah. It's good. Is it better than the first it's one? It's better than the second one that I had the last time around. Okay. Um Oh, there's, there's a little spice one. there's a little spice at the end of that one. I should have played uh, you guys some like taste testing music, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're right so, over there. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm trying to figure this one out because, like, the, the heat comes in at the end. Definitely not as good as the first one. Not a bad sandwich, but it's, uh, <laughs> I know where you're going. I don't know. I don't know which one. Mr. Politics dude, that, over here. That, that first one was just so good where I don't. I'm on the third one. I, I can't find the third one. Okay, here we go. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to get you guys some. I'm going to get you guys some, like, sports. Taste testing music. Here we go. This has, yeah, music would have been good this whole time. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that now. Um, the uh, this one has a nice kick to it. The you're third on, you're one. on the oh, third I like one. Yeah. Like the biggest one. kick. I like that third one. I'm getting another bite in here. I'm hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten all day, by the way. Well, there you oh, go. Just we just got something. you some sandwiches. I, I'm spilling all over myself right now. Yeah, they were they were a little uh, juicy. Oh man. So. I don't think All that. Right. I think that's the mouse. Here's the so, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. What? One and three on the top two. <laughs> it is. Seriously. I've got number one this time being the best. Oh. I've got number three being second best. Yeah. And number two being third best. So one, three, two. Last time I was three, one, two. I'm one, three, two. I actually think, I think I'm going to get Popeyes again. I think Popeyes is one. I think Chick-fil-A is three. And I think Wendy's is two. That's what I think. So I agree with you. And three is a really good sandwich. The only complaint I had from three going to one was the fact that the first one that I ate, it was a little more plump. It was like a little more juicy, a little more succulent. And the the breading just tasted a smidge better. Now, I don't know if that's Popeye's or not. Because they kind of tasted the same. They both packed some heat. Which one was that you were just talking about? One. One, w- one to me was more plump. It had a better breading on it and a little more spice. Can you say plump again? Plump. Yeah, I like that. Plump. 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 <laughs> plump. I don't know. What else do I want to say? There's, there's nothing better than a former Jags player, current MMA fighter with beard and a chick's chicken sandwich in the beard saying plump. Go ahead and make it a button then. <laughs> so I'm going with myself. I'm going one, three, and two. And one is going to be the best in show. And three of the spicy chicken challenge here is going to be n- numero two. Third place is going to uh, the Popeye's chicken sandwich from the first from one. From the then. first one, yeah. okay. So you All are right. the first. The, you guys were the same. So this time I just flipped it on you. Popeye's was the first sandwich. There it is. Chick-fil-A was the third, or the third sandwich. And Wendy's was number two again. 
going to be honest with you. Wendy's, I mean, I, I like your burgers. Just didn't do it for me, the chicken sandwich game. You know what's underrated at Wendy's? Don't say the baked potato. No. Okay, good. The chili. Really? Yep. Never had the chili. You've never had the chili? Yeah. Do you, I think I've had everything on the menu because I went through you, like a health kick. Yeah. And so you still go to fast food even on a health kick. That's yep. a great health kick, by yep. the way. But you get the salad. Yep. And the salads at Wendy's are good. Do you want to hear one of the grimiest things I've ever seen done at a Wendy's real quick, Brent? So when you – know, it's fine. I can talk about it. It's fine. When we went uh, back in high school, we used to go snowboarding. Um, it's about 45 minutes where we grew up. And after our snowboarding excursion, we'd always go to Wendy's, you know, have a little uh, bite to eat. I'd always get the burgers and stuff. Well, one of my friends, for whatever reason, I don't know if he wanted to save money or what the deal was, but he would just ask for a thing of hot water. He would take the hot water and then put like five or six ketchup packets in the hot water, mix it around with salt and pepper, and he'd have tomato soup. So there you go. Well, grimy. That's doable. I don't know. See, the, the problem was, though, like, I don't want to share too many details, but, like, it wasn't, like, a soupy. It was, like, curdled. It, it, it wasn't good. It yeah. wasn't good. Yeah, but he always ate it, so. Uh, someone says, amen, Popeyes. So, so, yeah, so, at the end of the day, best in show, Popeyes chicken's, uh spicy chicken sandwich wasn't even close, Brent, in my opinion. You know, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that but, we agree? I don't want to agree with you. But here's but, the crazy thing, though. I think the spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A, better than the Popeyes original. What do you think about that? Because yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I have the Popeyes actually, original. Know, when getting I third. go to Chick Fil A, yeah, and get a chicken sandwich, I usually get the spicy one. Yeah, me too. So yep. that's the one uh, that I like anyway. So maybe that's yeah. why I, I lean that way. Yeah. But I will say one thing about the Popeyes chicken: there is more meat on the Popeyes chicken sandwich. There is. At least the ones we had. It's plump. It's plump. Yeah. And that makes a difference. It does. Especially when it's coming out of the microwave. And <laughs> one unfair thing for the Wendy's on the microwave. Yes. We should have probably had no lettuce. The you lettuce can't microwave lettuce. <laughs> the lettuce didn't do it any favors at all. But to be honest with you, the first Wendy's sandwich I had, yeah. the first one around the original, yeah. I didn't even taste the lettuce. So yeah. I might not even have had some on mine, yeah. but I didn't taste it. But that time I kind of did. But yeah. I did. I tried not to hold it against it. No, for sure. Because that's kind of a microwave. That is a microwave thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think it's, it's a... Unanimous decision. We're going with the spicy chicken sandwich for Popeyes. All right. Best in show. Oh, but by the way, the hospitality, chick chick play by a landslide as far as hospitality through the drive through. They were very pleasant. Popeyes, not so much. You got I'll anything just say that. to say about Wendy's? You know, they, they have good burgers. <laughs> so uh, check out their burgers. Good stuff. Fries? Fries are great. Sea salt fries. I like those a lot. Um, right. I mean, dude, it's the Baconator. Are no we side. missing somebody from the chicken sandwich contest, though? There, there was like, always, you know, there's, there's the KFC crowd, but nah. Cause I, can't, I don't think a KFC is a chicken sandwich. Although, to be I honest with you, I never do. thought of Popeye's a chicken sandwich until now. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they do. Um, Anybody else that we're missing? Do you think there's a little bit of a ripoff of Popeye's on Chick-fil-A, given the pickle status? Because yeah, that's but different. To me, that's a like southern Chick-fil-A thing, thing, though. Oh, is that okay? I, I think, is that a, that's gonna be a southern thing. I feel like because it is. Because when we went, uh, I went to Hattie B's in Nashville. Like we've yeah, had yeah. Fitz on talk about the best hot chicken. Um, they serve with pickles too. So I think it's like more like okay. a southern kind of thing. Even though Tennessee's then that fits. More. Yeah, certainly fits. Yeah. Cause you want to go all the way to the top or take a time out? Go all the way to the top. You can talk, Cause Okay, we're live. Yeah, but I, I don't think you can hear me. Yeah, I get you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to do my best not to hear you during the contest because I can I just can't stop hearing you, unfortunately. That's fair. <laughs> That's why we're getting radio. My voice is very. Uh... Nicole claims uh, is complains about the same thing. She just can't stop hearing you. No, no, that's true. <laughs> uh, hey, Kaepernick, did you yeah, see this news? I just saw it. 
He's going to get. A, he's going to hold a workout mm-hmm. in Atlanta. He invited all the teams to come out, and we'll do interviews and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I just saw that come across. I've not. Ha- I've read a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I really like this move by Kaepernick. I, I think. See, there's a part of me through this whole Kaepernick thing that has said, "How much does he really want to be back playing?" You know, how much is he going? I don't see him do interviews and I'm not saying do interviews like killing the NFL. I'm just saying I haven't really seen him talk a lot about I want to be back. You hear reports. He wants to play. He wants to play. He's in football shape. You see some videos, but I haven't really heard a ton like, hey, I'd love to come back to the NFL. I think I can play in the NFL. I can help a team. All this stuff, you know, and I'm not sure if that's his role to do that. But I'm just saying take away all the stuff. If I haven't played in the NFL in a long time and I want to play. And you have platforms to be able to use microphones, interviews, all these things. It's been a little surprising and maybe the right thing, but I, I just have been a little surprised that I haven't seen him on with somebody. Tom Rinaldi, Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. somebody to say, I want to go play. And, well, I, I haven't had a chance to play or I got a call or but it's not enough. I want more. Yeah, this I like this move by Kaepernick to say, you know what, I'm making myself available. Mm-hmm. And it's a great move on his part. Because if people don't come out and at least look, how can you be in a, a scout, a GM, a team in the quarterback position, a guy that's gone to a Super Bowl, really came a player or two away from winning a Super Bowl, and not take a look-see? Yeah, you of know? course. And I think this is a genius move by Kaepernick and his camp is the fact that he's controlling the narrative. Where if he was going to go like on an ESPN show or something like that or you know even like a national broadcasted show – it wouldn't just be about football, correct? I mean, they would maybe ask one question like, all right, so what have you been doing to stay in shape? All right, cool. Now let's get you taking a knee and let's talk about taking a knee, which is an, it's an important conversation, obviously. And he would welcome that. Yeah, the question but would be, it's not, if you come back, will you take it? Right. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but let's be fair, though. It's not about football. If, if he was to go on TV, it would be about the other questions. So this way, he does control the narrative. Um, it's not going to be a big spectacle. It's just him throwing footballs and going through drills. It's almost like you know, like a, a draft pick or whatever and uh, a highly talented quarterback in college. You know, Guys just come scout him, see what he's got. So from that perspective, I think it's a great move because at the end of the day, like you said, Brent, teams are always in need of quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks. And if you don't go see what Colin Kaepernick's got to offer – especially now what we've seen dual-threat quarterbacks are doing, then that falls on you not being a good general manager. It falls on you not being a good scout. Simple as that. So I expect a lot of teams out there, now whether they want to sign him or not, I mean, that's completely indifferent. But I'm saying you better at least make the effort to see this guy in action. How much do you think some of, you know, he's got to be careful to say anything, I think, because of the whole collusion case and how much he got paid and all that stuff and all that closed book stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if... I wonder at some point, and maybe we don't know, that part of his conclusion to this case is I will get a chance to show somebody in the NFL what I can do. Now, you can hold a workout whenever you want, but yeah. I just wonder if this was this memo to – apparently a memo went out to all the teams say we're going to hold a workout on Saturday. Come check it out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't – Mike, I guess what I'm curious about is did the NFL kind of work with him on that and say, hey – Here's what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't think teams are calling, here's what you can do. Was that an olive branch by the NFL? I don't know. Or maybe this is solely on himself. There's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of things we might never know because of the closed nature of that and how much money was involved and all this stuff. So uh, it's a fascinating story. I think you're right. I think it's a really good move. It does remind me 
know, this is kind of what Tebow did when he wanted to get into baseball. Hmm. Yeah. Tebow said, again, take away all the other, the outside stuff. All right. Mm -hmm. Not everything relates to Tebow, but it is alike Mm -hmm. in the sense that Tebow was working on playing baseball, 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 baseball. And he said, hey, I'm going to hold a workout out in Arizona. Come watch me play. Sure. And people came watch him play and he got a Mets offer out of it. Mm -hmm. So to me, in that sense, it's not unlike. I don't know too many players that do this. People get invited to work out. Yeah. But not many will say, hey, come work me. Come watch me work out. Mm -hmm. You know, I could do it. Hey, come on down to Jacksonville <laughs> University, and I'm going to work, work out today. I yeah. don't think anybody's showing up. Yeah, yeah. So that's why people don't do very much of that. I'll be interested to see how many people are there. Is this closed? Will there be cameras there? Will anybody be able to get reaction on Kaepernick? It's going to be fascinating. Well, and the best part is it's the unknown, right? Where He hasn't had any team workouts, so teams don't really know what he's been capable of. I mean, all yeah. we know right now is that he's been working all in the, during this season, and that's all we have. So... I'm curious, to, and maybe we'll never find out really, but how good he does in this open workout. Last chance, too, right? I mean, he's like 32, 33. I, mean, I don't know about yeah. last chance, but it certainly feels that way. It, it, it's style to get that of play, way. I yeah. mean. Well, and there's got to be another big thing, too. Is he willing to play for minimum wage, basically? You know, because oh, it, yeah. it, 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 if a team offers him, it's going to be the that lowest deal you can offer. Because, like, the whole XFL and AAF thing was he wanted a lot of money, right? Correct, yep. So. It'll be. It'll be yeah. interesting. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. We'll talk more about the Jags. Uh, we hear from Nick Foles and I think Gardner Minshew as well tomorrow. So a lot of conversation points. Popeyes wins the day. Yep. We'll see you on CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.